Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to a very special combined web DM and wandering DMs uh, special event. All the DMs uh, are here with us tonight. <laughs> and we are going to be playing some original D&D, old school D&D in the Lost Tomb of Rahotep, a classic adventure that not many people have seen. So welcome, everybody. Um, let's go around and have the players introduce themselves, not the characters, but let's just everybody say where you're from, just in case new viewers don't know who we all are. Paul? Hi, everyone. I am Paul Siegel, the other half of Wandering DMs. Uh, Dan and I are on every Sunday at 1 p.m. with uh, daily talk shows, um, as well as the DM of 10 Dead Rats on Thursday nights, a Warhammer and old school D&D mashup. Cool. And Andy? Hi, I'm Andy Grimaldi. I am the newest cast member for 10 Dead Rats, uh, which I started last Thursday, um, and will be continuing on uh, for the foreseeable future. Awesome, awesome. We are glad that we are glad to have you on 10 Dead Rats. Uh, Jim, who yes. the hell are you? Oh, goodness. Who the hell am I? Uh, <laughs> I am a co-host of, uh, of WebDM and uh, in an internet D&D personality. Uh, yes, so that's what, uh, that's who I am. That's not what I am. I'm more than that. But it's also really late on Halloween, so this is a different side of me that maybe a lot of you have seen. <laughs> It's all live. Uh, uh, Pruitt, are you wandering DMs or are you web DM? <laughs> uh, last I checked, uh, I, I'm web DMs, although the intros are wandering just a bit. But I am the other half of web DM, and uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's that's what I do. It's uh, it's some fun stuff. There's a kitty over here going crazy, but that's fine. That's one of my familiar. May not be the only one tonight. There's a there's a pretty good chance that cats may come in any frame tonight at any particular time, which which seems appropriate on Halloween, I think. Um, and of course, we are currently waiting on the ever spooky and sometimes disappearing Emma from WebDM, um, who should join us shortly. Uh, do do we currently doing Halloween festivities? I think. Uh, if if anybody is tuning in the Wandering DMs channel that we're currently broadcasting on, and you're not yet following WebDM. What the hell is wrong with you people? Go, go subscribe to WebDM on YouTube right now and then come back and we'll see you in a minute. <laughs> I think Jim, Jim is muted at the moment. Is that, is that happening? Yeah, I am muted. I, I'm going to have to be muted through most of this because my filter is off and um, I'm just doing you all a favor. Um, you know, what, one thing we should also point out is, uh, so Andy's on 10 Dead Rats, and Paul runs that show, and the other joint thing that uh, Wandering DMs and WebDM have done recently is we have a show called The Big Bad, which is a competition D&D show, which uh, we release uh, episodes most Tuesday nights. Next episode's November 10th, and then WebDM shows up on what ought to be November 17th, I believe, and I would like to clue you in on how they did, but I don't remember... So you will have to tune in November 17th to see how WebDM did on The Big Bad. But that's another, that's another show. So, um, so subscribe to both of us. <laughs> Damn, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know either. Uh... Dan, perhaps you could uh, tell our viewers a little bit about the uh, history of the module that we're about to play. Well, I'll get to that. That's a great, that's a great question, Paul. Uh, first of all, let me just talk system. Uh, so we're saying that tonight we are playing old school, original D&D. &D. Uh, someone might ask, like, is that even a thing? 
Um, arguably, the very first version of D&D that came out in 74 is a toolkit with just a lot of suggestions, and arguably, yeah, there you go, arguably every uh, DM runs it differently. So uh, different DMs are going to have different interpretations for how initiative happens or the combat sequence or what classes are allowed or how spells work. So what you're going to see tonight is my version. I am the Dungeon Master tonight. And if you do see anybody running original D&D, it might be quite, quite different because we all run it differently. It wasn't really formalized until later with what we call first edition. So, um, that having, so some people might have to ask questions while we're playing tonight. The adventure that Paul asked about, um, along about 1975, a gentleman named Alan Lucian made a, uh, a dungeon called the Lost Tomb of Rehotep, and uh, high level, very dangerous, uh, sent a copy to a gentleman named Gary Gygax, and Gary looked at this adventure and said, wow, there are some killer ideas here. Eh? Uh, yeah. I think I'm going to make an adventure kind of like this, and I'm going to call it Tomb of Horrors. So what we're running tonight is the granddaddy of Tomb of Horrors before I get cleaned up for, and, and niceified. So it's kind of, a, kind of a little bit more raw than what, uh, what people know as the Tomb of Horrors. But here it is, and here's a lot of where the DNA came from. So you're which welcome. One, which one, in your opinion, Dan, is more deadly? <laughs> I'll tell you after. I'll, I, I need more data. I, I want more data. So we're going to do this tonight, and then we'll cycle back, and I'll tell you after that. Excellent. <laughs> uh, Jim and Pruitt, have you guys have you guys played Tomb of Horrors before, or is that? Uh... Yeah, I'll stop looking at my spellbook real quick. Uh, I've run Tomb of Horrors twice. Um, okay. Once with the second edition remake, like. That, T that Silver Age or Silver Anniversary TSR box set, the remake of everything. Um, I had that. I ran it. And then what was the other one? Pruitt. Y'all got through it as like 24th level characters in 3rd edition. We're just like, let's just run through the Tomb of Horrors in an hour. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty epic. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, awesome. I, I recall the first time it being tough like whatever whichever the room is like on a spindle and there's acid underneath it you could fall off the edges into like i don't know somewhere around there somewhere between there the juggernaut uh, i think we've had a a wipe or the um was that tomb of horrors with the uh the teleporting portal like where it would like teleport you back yeah, oh yeah yeah one of the false without, entrances without i think your gear. I Yes, without your gear. Buck naked. Yeah. Yes, without your gear. Yep. yep. Right. That's yeah. right. Yep. I, I, I've That's been right. through that. Fuck that archway. I've been naked in the swamp before. Yep. Naked in the swamp before. Um, I, I don't remember much in particular about it. I do recall it's very, like, the riddle is the key to it. That's about all I remember being like, no one's going to remember this, but this is really central. Like, from a DM perspective, at least, that's where I was at. Never had a chance to play it, though. Now. All right, so that's the uh, that's the later version. We're playing the earlier raw version, the Tomb of Rehotep by Alan Rudstein. So, anything else we should do to start with Paul, or should we kind of start to get into it? I think I think uh, go, man, go. How about we go around and introduce our characters and any information that uh, you may have that you'd like to share with the rest of the party? Renee. Ah. <clears throat> Hello, my friends. I'm Rene Renault. I'm glad to see you tonight. 
it has been a long journey for us. But uh, I was visited recently, you know, by a ghost. And uh, he told me of these great treasures. The thing is, uh, he told me of this place. He used to be this uh, uh, caretaker of a great treasure of Rahotep. Many gems and jewels and other riches, but most famously is the amulet that Rahotep was buried in. I yearn for it, my friends. So I'm glad you have come to help me find it. Thank you, Renee and Luckian. Luckian, introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm Luckian the Trickster. Uh, Don't take that name personally. Um, I also was visited by a ghost. I guess the ghosts are kind of busy this time of night. Um, I've heard that they have just the most wonderful compendium of spells ever known to mortal wizards. I'm very excited to get my hands on them or to share them with the team as we are. Um, I've heard some very interesting information, a very secretive phrase that the entryway can only be opened over the night of the full moon. So hopefully that's tonight and we can get busy getting some spells. It is indeed tonight. That is why we have set up to take the journey. It is fascinating that the ghost has seen you as well, Lucian. Oh, I'm not surprised. I'm very, very good at what I do. Excellent. Esniak, tell us about yourself. As Nick is amused, it currently has a silent spell has cast a on silent him. Silent spell cast upon him. <laughs> can we? Can we not? I'm just going to keep going. Okay. My name is Esniak. I uh, have a lot of rings. Some say they're myriad. Uh, yeah, I I really don't like talking to others. So I I don't really. Esniak's obviously not my real name. I don't adventure under my real name, and um, I'm here. Because of the rumors of spells and treasure, and I've heard rumors of this Rahotep fellow. He seems like he was legit. Certainly a badass. I gotta see for myself. He was an incredibly powerful magic user, I've heard. Yes, I dabble. Very good. And Boris the Blade, uh, tell us what you uh, what you're about. Well, I am uh, Boris, and uh, I guess the only ghost that really haunts me is the uh, the last fragment of my last love, Natasha. I am talking about you. I'm shh. Uh, she currently resides inside my sword. You can imagine all day just yammering, please unsheath me, use me, take me. It's very weird, but, you know, we do what we can do. So, mostly I uh, go on adventure to keep her happy. She gets to do things, uh, give her a red bath, and uh, I get rich. What more is good in life? Excellent. And we are still waiting on, I believe, your dwarven compatriot, Bellinus Blue Eye, who apparently is trotting at a slower speed than the rest of the party somewhere somewhere behind you. So hopefully Bellinus yeah. will, uh, will catch up with us shortly. I heard to Bellinus be has a ring of invisibility. Could, they could be anywhere. You should watch out. That is an excellent point. That is an excellent point. Bellinus might be right here with us, listening right this very second. Hey, yeah, Natasha, is Bellinus here? 
Uh, you do not see Bellinus here, Boris. Mm. Yeah, she's right over there. Watch out. She run practical <laughs> joke on you, is the meek. So, uh, viewers, we are planning on playing until about midnight here, Eastern Time, just so you know. If we had a larger party, uh, like uh, original D&D is written for up to uh, 20 players at once, if we had a larger party at this point, we would pick a dedicated team leader uh, with a small group. We're going to skip out on that. To be clear, all the characters uh, with me are very high level. They are lords and master thieves and master wizards of like 8th, ninth, 10th level, something like that. So among the most powerful heroes uh, in the realm. And what's the other thing? The other thing I should point out, players, is that the overview list of characters has all the player characters listed as alignment, either lawful or neutral, as far as you know. If there are any chaotic characters in the party, that would be known secretly only to that player and myself. As stipulated by Gary Gygax in Dragon Magazine number 9, September 1977. Um, uh, so just do keep that in mind. Um, so <laughs> I appreciate the reference. <laughs> if anybody needs to look it up, I did my work. Um, so on with the adventure. <laughs> You have pursued the lost tomb of Rehotep, legendary ruler of the past, for his fabled treasury of items various and sundry. Many have died pursuing this treasury, but you are among the realm's most powerful and experienced heroes and armed with an arsenal of powerful magical items. You have traveled far into the desert. You have traveled into an area of rugged, rocky gullies in this desert and so for several weeks have been searching around here. All today, all the prior day, you've been searching in one particular gully and at the end of the day, as the sun goes down and the full moon comes out, you have finally found what you believe you're looking for, the entrance to the lost tomb of Rahotep in a cliff face, the only sign a tiny slot in the cliff face, about two inches wide and about a quarter inch high. That's it. Now, all your retainers and hirelings are back at a camp nearby, and you know that going into a place reputed to be housed by the dead at night is a terrible idea, and you should certainly go back to camp if it weren't for the fact that several of you believe this can only be opened under the light of the full moon. So in the dark of the full moon, this is where you stand. What do you do? Uh, be before that, Dan, as we were mm -hmm. traveling, I watched my companions... And I see which one of them gets up early in the morning and does the most push-ups. And I'm guessing it's probably Boris. Is that... Is that... Uh, seem right? Yeah. Uh, Boris only pushed self up from uh, throw up from drinking night before. But, uh, <laughs> push, push up is push up, no? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, so, you so have... I agree. Boris has done more push-ups in various Excellent. states of inebriation than anybody else. So each morning as we strike camp, as Boris does his one push-up, I, I have a cup of coffee <laughs> all you need. and a cigarette, and then I cast strength on Boris for the day. And I do this every day. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Renee, if you could roll a d6 and plus one and tell us uh, what you get there. I got a four on the die, so that's a five total. Okay, so Boris, your strength has gone up from 16 to 21, um, and that means that nice. all of your melee attacks and melee damage are going to go up by two points. Each? Yep. Perfect. 
Lucky and that lasts them, for an entire day. Uh, <laughs> does Boris know this happened? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, salut, my friend. Oh yes, uh, please, yes. Let us have drink to the day uh, to bolster our spirits. Oh, bonjour, boy. Uh, nice. So yes, uh, Boris is currently about as strong as a hill giant at this point. So um, uh, and and and. Probably for a number of days beforehand, you were experienced with this as well. Boris, uh, Boris, uh, uh, if you need to be a hill giant, I can do this as well. But uh, for now, this will suffice, I think. Uh, yes, well, let's not take it too far. Uh, just yet, I uh, might need another drink. But uh, and he like picks his sword up like 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 a uh, uh, he's not used to the strength. And picks it up really fast. Like, oh, yeah. This is going to be good, huh? <laughs> Any other preparations with uh, magic spells that you'd uh, you'd like to do, yeah. anybody? Yeah, in the in the uh, in the in that week prior, Esniak would like to acquire a hooded lantern and then imbue it with continual light, or the inside Great. of it with continual light. Great, you have that. All right, he's going to keep it to himself because he's a selfish asshole. <laughs> 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 um, uh, other than just like you know getting some uh adventuring equipment uh, let me see what he's got he mostly is just decked out in his items and he's like d dressed for battle uh so Correct. i think he'd bring just the like a crowbar some rope okay. um just you know tools that he might need i'll have i can uh, text a list in back chat here in a second Okay. Okay. Do you want to know what our spells ask... are before, uh, as we pick them? Say it again. Do you want? Would you like to know what our spells are as we're picking them? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say you t I'm just going to trust that you've you've picked them in advance. And yeah, thanks for asking. Cool. Generally, you know, maybe friends, just tell me. Generally, my friends, just so that we're all on the same page, you should know that my specialty is in imbuing power into my friends to make them more capable and easier for me to hide behind. I have some ability to fight. I, you know, wear the, wear the chainmail, and I have, a, I have this morning star, which I don't really like to use, to be honest. Mostly, I like to use my magics to make you more powerful, and then I can be behind this is the way. That's why we keep you around. So, uh, Esniak, if you'd like to share with your with your with your compatriots what you have prepared, so that they so that they know, feel free. Oh sure, yeah. I'm I'm up. I'm picking my spells. I've got uh, read for first level. Read languages. Read magic. Detect magic and the magic missile. Um, second is locate object, strength, mirror image, and then I don't know. Like, does Luckian? Do you are you a spellcaster as well? I am. Um, so I'm taking uh, second level invisibility, um, third level lightning bolt and suggestion, and fourth level, um, I was thinking confusion, um, or I might take term monster if you've got something in that vein. You don't have to overlap. I, I, um, I've got confusion, everything, but no, uh, charm monster sounds awesome. Dope. I'm gonna take turn monster then. I want a monster. Like right? I have no idea if it's good or not. Like I don't know the rules that well, but it sounds awesome. I just love the idea right? of charming a monster. Yeah. Um. As, uh, yeah. As far as I, I know about like old school D and D, this means that I have a monster for like a month. Like they can't really sure. do saves against them, which is 
Yeah. Sounds delightful. <laughs> um, uh, my lucky, you know that uh, charms generally work against uh, living creatures with functional brains. Mm, and this is not a lot of living creatures with functional brains. Got it. We are going into an intro. Oh, that's true. That is very true. I'm. I've got to switch out of fifth edition, where you can charm undead and shit. I have brought um, hmm. a move curse because I'm assuming there will be at least one. At least one. That is an excellent, an excellent point. You know what? I'm just going to take confusion for uh, value. I think that'll be useful in a lot of a lot of different spaces. Um, I, if they're not, if they can't be charmed, they might not be able to be confused either. Mm, that's a good point. I'm going to look it up or ask my DM. <laughs> Can undead uh, monsters uh, be confused? Their mental mental spells generally do not work on undead. That, if that's what you're concerned about, I mean, I'm not saying that you're going to see undead tonight. I mean, why would that happen? <laughs> but we've heard rumors. There's As already one dead. Sorry. That is As fair. From what I have read of this Rahotep, he. There will be many traps, there will be many mystic curses, and there will be guardians of some sort. Perhaps there will be undead, but perhaps there will also be magical creatures, or who knows what. I would be prepared for any contingency. Well, in that case, I think Luckin will keep Charm Monster for the, uh, you know, to pull out. Just at a good point. How much more fun would this be if we had a small monster accompanying us? A small monster accompanying you. What an interesting goal. We'll duly note that. <laughs> I meant in a good way. Um, also, invisibility, does it get um, knocked off if you uh, hit someone or get hit? Yes. Okay. As soon as you attack. As I soon thought. as you make an attack or an offensive spell, yep, it goes away. The You're mystical forces of the universe see to fit to that. Of course. Remember, it counts for spells too. So if you shoot someone with magic missiles, then you will become visible as well. Mm -hmm. Correct. Lovely. So, as does everybody uh, have uh, their their kit together that they think they're bringing into the dungeon, or are you uh, are you calling for hirelings from the camp to bring more stuff? I'm ready whenever we want to proceed. Okay. Hopefully, Belenis will get out of uh, his tent eventually and join us. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Esniak, are you yeah, are you go. done picking your computer? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's got a. Uh, I got a crowbar. I got a rope. And um, like a. What? hammer and chisel type like if we need to open a sarcophagus or something something you could use for that all right if you must i will allow it uh, but so nothing that's gonna... magic for all these things it's uh i guess if you want to use a tool yeah i am a lord both arcane and martial and uh, i find that there's no such thing as an undesirable tool mm. <laughs> to each their own. Now, actually, Esniak, I must say that in original D&D, we do track encumbrance rather closely, and I am uh, doing a little math here, and I'm seeing that you have just gone over the limit to be at your max speed. Is he? So okay. we're either going to knock your speed down to the next level, or you'll have to get Seems rid of gone. one... I will get rid of the hammer and chisel, then, because I do not okay. want to be uh, overly encumbered. Okay. 
My friend, please do let me. I have prepared a telekinesis spell. Very good. That could Very probably good. open some More stud um, of the chisel in his pack. Oh, there you go. Okay. Good okay, memories. Good. Nice. Cool. Actually, I have a scroll with strength on it. And so if we're about to enter, he will cast that on himself. Uh, yeah, do that. Uh, roll a d6 plus one. Uh, tell us what you get there, Esniak. That is a five plus one. Holy crap. Six. Okay, so yeah. your strength has gone up to 19. To 19, yeah. Wow. 19. So again, uh, your all your attacks and melee damage go up by two points. Okay. Wow. Really looking forward to hiding behind both of you. <laughs> we do the bushwhacker uh, right. as we go into the dungeon. Ah, right, right. Welcome. Thank you. No one suddenly appears from nowhere, just standing right next to you. Uh, so what's up, guys? You know, you know, up on you in a way you didn't expect. Cool. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Sorry, I'm late. Kids on Halloween, difficult to put to bed. <laughs> who know, who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thought? Seems foregone conclusion. Oh, I, did, did that oh my goodness! Happen, ben? What? Is, is 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 has has someone been put to sleep successfully? Let's hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Okay. Two hundred yes. XP. Can I offer you a cigarette? <laughs> Oh, God, yes. Yes, please. <laughs> I'm gothed out today, though, so I only, I only smoke cloves. Uh, that's, that's all I want. It's okay. Awesome. <laughs> so, Bellinus, we are actually, we have, we have found uh, the, we, what you think is the entryway to the Lost Tomb of Rehotep, uh, cliffside in a desert gully, and uh, your compatriots have, uh, have put their kit together and cast a couple of preparatory spells. Do you have any questions as we get started about anything that... Uh, not yet. Boris is very strong. Yes. I, I can see. Yes. <laughs> Thanks right. to my friend Rene Renault. You know? What? Yes. yes. I've magically yes. enhanced him. He's, uh, you know, it's not really sporting like, but uh, you know. God, there's two characters with accents. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We are how you say going there. <laughs> yes. Yes, I can tell. Oh, okay. So surprise is all um, around as Bill <laughs> appears. Yes. Well, all right. Just, I'm uh, here. Find out. I hear there is this small, tiny crack in the in the cliff face that maybe no one can fit through. Is that where we are? That is correct. You are confronting in the cliff face with no other marks except for a very small slot, two inches wide and a quarter inch high. Um, so, uh, options are somehow manipulate that, uh, B, cast some sort of spell, C, go away and give up. Mm. Or D, and something out of the above that I haven't thought of. What do you do? Hmm. Before we, uh, decide on what our encumbrance is, might I have been able to grab a mirror of some kind? Absolutely. Alright. And it's small enough, don't even worry about the encumbrance for that. Yeah, okay. Boris goes up and looks at the crack and like tries to determine, you know, is this like a size of a dagger or a sword? Like what what you know. He's he's finding a something that, that he can make. Yeah. 
Mm. About that size, yeah. Uh, well, um, Luckin is, is, is putting a lot of stock in having heard about the, the moonlight uh, or the light of the moon situation for this um, and would like to, is there a position in which uh, they can stand to sort of angle a mirror to get moonlight kind of near that entrance? Yes. I Let me ask this, Luckin. Have you chosen the steel mirror or the silver mirror for the mirror that you're carrying? Mm, that's a good question. Um, let's say the silver mirror. That feels more undead. You can totally, you can totally have that. So, Luckin, you take your silver mirror, stand back about five or six feet. You totally do angle a light of the moonlight towards the crack. Nothing happens from that. Apparently that's not the that's not the key. Can I see that? <laughs> Am I lighting was anything up for Boris? Yeah. <laughs> can can uh, Boris see better now that there's some light in here? Like how far a little back bit. it looks like it goes back at least like a foot. It's it's still it is still small enough it's hard to see, but it looks like it goes back at least half a foot or a foot. Mm. Looks like you would fit dagger in here. So Dan. Yeah. If I sent a wizard eye through that crack, would the darkness still just be uh, the? Would the darkness still stop me from being able to see anything in there? You know, it's actually too small even for a wizard eye. What? Too small for a wizard's yeah. eye. Yes, uh, it can go through a crack like maybe like one inch uh, wide or half an inch. This is actually even smaller than that. I see. More mm. powerful magic is needed then. Yes. Mm. Mm. Uh, well, my friends. Well, I let's out try the dagger. dagger. <laughs> it's like I like that. Uh, Boris, do you uh, and what you do with, it, with the dagger? He just kind of goes up gingerly and just kind of like puts the dagger in the hole and steps away. <laughs> okay, so there's a clicking sound. Uh, Boris, is that dagger magical or not? It is not. Nothing happens. Hmm. Boris oh, looks from so, the dagger. So looks at his sword. <laughs> the dagger. Mm. Is this perhaps a lock-picking situation? That it will could be. Could yeah. You can try. You, you don't see it. You know, looking in there, lucky, and you don't see a mechanism behind it. Something clicked, right? Correct. There was definite clicking. So there's some kind of mechanism inside of it that made a sound. Can look like pretty a deep into it. Mm. Perhaps, uh, Isniak, you could shine that um, that magical light in there, and we could take a better look. Oh yes, I did have that available. Sure, yeah. Here, let's look at it. <clears throat> Uh, Esniak uncovers your magically continual lighted uh, lantern, uh, shines it in the hole, and you get down. Again, it's kind of it's kind of hard to get your eyeball plus the light in at the same time. So it's sure. at least like a foot and a half deep, and the slot just seems to have about the same shape down the down the uh, the distance. Hmm. You don't see any mechanism. You don't see any wires or gears that you could get at to to manipulate with these tools. Hmm. Try your sword then, huh? 
Well, I wanted to wait before taking her out. She gets uh, she gets preachy if I take her out too much. And uh, he, Weird he that you talk to your sword out. like that. Well, she talks back. <laughs> you should hear my ear full, okay? No, yeah, no. Had to be time supports. No. Are you going to do it or not? Yes, the attack. And he unsheathes his sword and slides it in there. Uh, there is a clicking sound. Uh, Boris, remind me, is your sword magical? Uh, yeah, it's very magical. <laughs> about three feet to your left, uh, there is a panel about six feet high and about three feet wide that uh, detaches from the face of the cliff. Uh, depresses by about four or five inches and slowly grinds to the side. There's an enormous waft of terrible odor and it smells like ancient, musty stinks and the scent of rotting corpses that gets released and you all make a terrible face as, um, as, uh, as you detect that. Uh, there is a passageway about two paces wide or 10 feet going directly into the cliff face. Uh, can I call yeah, for uh, someone to bring me like a, a, a scented towel or a rag or something <laughs> from the camp before we go in? <laughs> Cigarette? <laughs> yeah, yes. Boris <laughs> actually, yeah, he takes, he takes a cigarette. Yeah. Where's my cigarette? <laughs> Stinks. So, okay, all right, here's the question that I have, speaking from experience as a 8-9 fighter magic user. Uh, is this fresh or, like, manky and musty and old? Very like this, manky the, and the, very musty and old. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. All right. Let's squat down to shine a light. Uh, down this thing. So you can see uh, pretty well for about 30 feet, and then after that, there might you can kind of sort of see the passage continues. So it looks like a straight 10 foot wide passage that goes north, as far as you can see, at least 30 feet. Mm, okay. Let's see. Shall wow. we go, my friends? After you. And Boris is going to slowly pull his sword out and listening for any clicks as he does to see if anything happens. Your sword comes out smoothly and it looks uh, it looks in perfectly fine condition. As far as you can tell. There. Are you happy? Are you happy now? <laughs> That's what I thought. Great. So it sounds like you're going to be going into this passageway. I mean, you could go around and give up and just 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 end if you if you prefer. But it sounds like you're going into the passageway. Uh, so I'm going to ask what your marching order is going to be. You can you can walk two abreast if you want to. Um, and for our purposes, this is also going to be the default initiative order because in original D and D we do do team based initiative. So it'll just be me and you know me and then your team in whatever you tell me the marching order is. So how do you proceed? Bellinus volunteers to kind of do like a forward, forward scout type situation, because I can see, um, I'm I'm a dwarf, and I can see pretty well. If that doesn't, if that's 
okay with everybody. Um, even though Bellinus has technically been here the entire time, he looks like he's evaluating the group for <laughs> what they're doing. Um, he, I guess he addresses Boris first, saying, that works for you, you seem opinionated. So... Well, I have to uh, fight to get attention, you know, with uh, this one about. He points at his sword. Okay. All right. Sounds like Boris is going first. Who is coming yes, up after Boris? Uh, Boris will uh, accompany Boris. By the way, I like your work. Okay. Uh, so, Boris, you're happy with Boris coming right with you? Is that the is that the what's happening? Yes. Um, I will. I will. Exp- Boris, do you have do you have some way of seeing? I mean, the advantage of me sort of being up front is I don't need to like have a light source with me in order to see. I believe. So. I mean, we don't have to be passive aggressive. I'll stay back. (laughs) 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 All right. I I just remember it's a role playing game. I can have a character. Dwarf uh, and Luckin is an elf, and they do have intervision, okay. so they can see in the dark. The, the the rest of our okay. characters are all humans, so they can't do that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll who's, who's okay. So I heard Luckin's in the back. Mm-hmm. I, okay. So uh, then, I try to position myself third. directly behind Boris at all times. Okay. And Boris will be with his neck, so he can see. Okay. Great. So uh, okay. Balance is in front, uh, Boris and Esniak, and then uh, Renee and Luckin in the rear. Great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. This is, go- this is good tobacco, my friend. Thank you. It's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, very good. And don't waste it. Awesome. So, Bellinus, as you lead the way in, are you going invisibly or not? Oh, yeah, I'm totally going invisible. Okay. Absolutely. So, Bellinus has a ring of invisibility. You twist it on your finger, disappear from sight, and start uh, stalking as carefully as you can up the corridor. Uh, Yes. You go... When I say a pace, that's going to be five feet, just to be clear. You go... One, two, three, four paces. Uh, the corridor continues. You keep going, balance. Yeah, unless I see okay. some reason not to or hear something. I have a bonus to hearing noises. Okay. Uh, yes. Are you? Are you? If you want, if you want to do that, you need to um, stand quietly and listen. Do you do that at this time? Sure. Okay. So for for um, perception type stuff, I roll that over here, so you never know whether you failed or not. Um, nice. So over it's better, um, and uh, it sounds totally silent as far as you can tell. About this. It seems like there's a like a different wafting of air, whistling just a little bit, um, okay. and maybe something some kind of fluttering sound, but that would be far, far away, not nearby you. Okay, um, I'm going to keep going then. Great. So you've gone uh, 10, 20, 30 feet, 40, 50 feet, and about 10 feet away, you see what appears to be like a lip drop off. So either there's a slope or a ramp about 10 feet to your north. Okay. Um, What do you do? I will go 10 feet closer to the group, I guess. And um, I will probably take off my invisibility and just... Oh, you know. And Boris, you see Boris go, well, I can see you. We're good. 
You can't. Okay. That's why I said that was no. fan of work. Oh. Oh. I I understand slightly more now. Okay. Then I'll just go invisible and I'm just gonna just consider me invisible indefinitely. Okay. Unless I say otherwise. Got it. Yeah. Noted. Yep. So you've come back come, you... you've come back about ten feet. You are standing nearby yes. Boris and the rest of the party. Yes. Um I just kind of like point downwards like seems like a slope or something. Here. Oh. Like a like a yes. fall kind of slope or like a, like a sliding? Like a, we could do is it safe to walk upon? I'm not quite sure yet. I just I just wanted to wait and catch up and make sure no one was, was dead yet. Basically. Yeah. Um You successfully okay. managed the, the forty feet. Good. Good. Been in parties where that has not been the case, so I'm glad. Um to be fair, I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. Now to inspect the slope or the drop off. So Balanus invisibly uh, proceeds forward, uh, stalking as quietly as you can, and you get about five feet uh, from uh, what appear to be a, a set of stairs. And um, uh, Renee, you might want, I think Renee's keeping the map, so you might yes. want to uh, point I this out. I take out my mapping equipment and I start to draw a stairway downward. Here we are, my friends. Oh. This, is just the, this is the end of this, the 60 feet that you've traveled in, so you've just gotten to uh, the head of the stairs there. And, um, let's see here. Okay, um, so unfortunately, Balanus, uh, you uh -oh. are attacked by some oh, no. invisible thing standing at the head of the stairs that you could not perceive in any way. And uh, you have <laughs> no. uh, your arm, something unseen, grabs onto your arm, wrenches it around, there's a horrible crunching sound, and then it feels oh, like invisible spikes are driven into the edge of your pauldrons, into your body, and blood starts spurting out. Um, let me oh, no. see I'm rolling, the, is the blood still one. invisible? <laughs> or is it just uh, no, as it blood spurts out of your body, it becomes red in the midair and leaves leaves a puddle on the ground in front of you. That's amazing. So I'm rolling the dice oh. over here. Remember, numbers okay. above twenty are probably hits, and I have rolled uh, forty and uh, and uh, and thirty nine here. So those are definitely hits. Um, so <laughs> Melanie, you take. Uh, yeah. Uh, you take a total of 17 points of damage, Valenus. Okay. Valenus is, is still up. Um, and he starts cursing and dwarvish and screaming. <laughs> so the red thing you hear, Valenus, uh, screaming, in, is screaming in agony as some unseen assailant uh, has attacked him. Uh, and you also hear from some the, from the air in front of you something starts to talk to you, which is even worse. And it says something like, "The king asks for your life." And it is now initiative. So, Balanus, how about you roll a d6, and I'm going to roll one over here. And if you can roll higher than me, you get to go. Otherwise, I get another turn. I rolled I roll a four. Three. Okay. Oh, you beat me by one hit. Balanus, it is your turn. What do you do? Um, I want to um, 
Jeez. Jeez Louise. Um, <laughs> am I like, Bell I'm grappled? Yeah. I'd say no. I would say no. Um, the thing is, it got, gotten one attack off, uh, but uh, but then, then uh, momentarily released you. It might be trying to okay. grab another limb and bring that. Okay. Um, I'm going to GTFO of the, the immediate area um, because that, that got me within whispers distance of too close to dying. Um, okay. That's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to... Um, I'm trying to remember. I'm just rusty. Sorry. Can I... In this, can I hit and also move? Uh, yes, but for me, it's going to be that order. It's going to be move first, then attack. Right, right, right. Okay, so then you, I'm so going feel to... Free, feel free to run away, but then you don't get a melee attack. I'm going to run away. That's what I'm doing. I will prepare my longbow <laughs> to shoot it later. An invisible creature prop, perhaps. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. So, right uh, Boris, you see Bellinus come invisibly running back into the light, blood spurting out of his shoulder. Uh, what do you do, Boris? Uh, Boris has his sword out. Uh, hearing a voice uh, coming from nowhere, he's immediately asking Natasha, what am I seeing? Show me the enemy. Just, just at the edge of your lantern light, so you pull out your sword, and you and your sword work together, and you detect a huge hulking figure. Uh, you know, the corridor is like about 10 feet high and then has a 15-foot peaked uh, ceiling. And there's a huge hulking figure there that takes up almost the entire space. And it has spindly arms and legs, but most of the rest of it looks like a giant fish. And it's got tentacles coming out of its mouth, and it's covered with bright, shining, me metallic scales like plate mail that are so bright in your magical sight, it almost hurts to look at it. Uh, and it has big, huge talons that are covered in the blood of Bellinus, and it is stalking towards you right now. Um, so you could either uh, stand there petrified, or run away, or attack, or something else that I haven't thought of, Boris. Ah, uh, no. My friend is bleeding. I must not allow these. So, Natasha, you'll get your wish a little bit sooner, eh? <laughs> And he runs in there. Uh, blade high to uh, strike at this uh, fishy monstrosity. Great. So, uh, so attack. Runs up. Correct. You do get two attacks. You're incredibly high level. Okay, so first one is a 30 to hit. Yeah, that's a hit. Uh, and the last, next one was a 9 plus 15, so that's 24. Uh, that's also a hit. Uh, roll your damage. Wait. Remember, you are getting plus 2 to all these rolls. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. strength spell. I am adding that. Thank you for the reminder, though. Ugh. Eh, so, uh, so that's going to be, let's see, that's 14, 19, 20 damage total as I slash out twice. I'm trying to go for the tentacles, but I'm not necessarily making a call shot. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's so big, uh, you can't reach its face where the tentacles are. So you take one enormous gash out of its legs, actually. You smash several of the metallic plates on its leg. Uh, green ichor starts spurting out that you can see in your invisible sight. Um, and mm. then you, you slash overhead and you, you hack at one of the talons as it's coming down at your head. Um, and that also has a deep cut in it at this point. 
Uh, it looks like you've uh, you've got its attention at least. Um, so there's that. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Esniak, you see Boris run up to the edge of your lantern, like uh, chop at some un unseen entity in the air, and green blood is spurting out of nowhere, splashing against Boris and his weapon and the ground. What do you do? Oh no, someone has cast the silence bell upon him again. Don't <laughs> is making him unable to speak. It's always it's because I've got one with the I've got one tab with the Firefox, the other with Chrome. I never use Firefox. Forget where I'm at. I am going to um, pull out uh, this scroll that I have, uh, which she actually keeps handy because it's got a lot of cool spells on it, and is going to utter an incantation to allow himself to see invisible creatures and objects as well. Unfortunately, Esniak, that takes a total of two rounds, so it takes a whole round okay. just to take out the scroll, unpop the two bits in, and start unrolling it. So you can cast That's a spell the off that only way I'm going to see this thing. So he's going to start that process then. Just Renee, follow the blood, my friend. Uh, no, it's gonna take two. It's gonna take like two combat rounds to pull it out and read it, or, or longer. I sorry. Okay. Yeah, I, think it's one, one I round to get it out and one round to cast the spell. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. I, that's yeah. He's just gonna bite that bullet. Ezniak <laughs> uh, has the scroll out in his hand at this point. It's just just unrolled it at this point. Renee, it's your turn. All right. I shout out. Boys, uh, when you want the lightning and fire, you say the word. And uh, I look on my person. Uh, some, I, I'm hoping it's me, is carrying a jug of healing. Who's got that? It is now. Uh, hey, Renee, you are oh, carrying yeah, a jug of healing. I knew we had this somewhere. And, and I start, I, I, I pull out the jug and I pop the cork and I say, we have, we have six doses of this, Belenus, uh, 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 Marco, Marco. I assume I can't see them. Of course. That is correct. You cannot see Balanus. Um, no, uh, I'm great. invisible. I, I believe that's your turn, Romain. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Uh, Luckian, what do you do? Uh, um, would I be able to stay very still and quiet and listen to voices and try and get a physical sense of the creature? Sure. Sure. I'm going to make a roll for that right now. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty obvious. I mean, it's, it's, it's roaring, uh, having been cut into with Boris, and so clearly it's, you, can, you can detect it's clearly in front of Boris. Okay. Um, trying to figure out a way to not to do damage, to be effective, but not uh, immediately get myself murdered. Um, I shall... Hmm... If I can get like a sense of, 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 of the big space and Boris has just attacked it, um, perhaps I will I will try and throw a dagger to uh, sort of maybe the opposite end of wherever Boris attacked it to try and tell the team that it's this space <laughs> that it's it's very large and not everyone else has to uh, to try and to try and see it or to do that. Um, I I'll don't let, think I I'll let you do that right now if you want. Um, uh, so clearly, the fact that Boris like hacked over his head, there's something very tall in front of him that he hit. So if you, you feel like if you throw it over Boris's head, you feel like it's around there. 
Yeah. Okay. Then, then I then I will um I'll throw I'll throw a dagger um at him. Make um, your attack roll. Subtract one because you're about ten feet away. Uh, and tell me what you get. Okay. Gosh. Um. I got a fifteen plus. Is it plus my uh, my dexterity? Yes. So seventeen. It, it's 16. whatever. So you you want to have that weapon at the bottom of your sheet, um, and mm-hmm. there ought to be a number under it. Oh, plus seven. Attack. Just <laughs> kidding. I did much better than that. Twenty-two. <laughs> All right. So actually, there is like a there is like, like a clanking sound, and it actually does stick in the air over Boris's head. Uh, how about you roll damage and tell me what that is? Ah, uh, that is a one d four. So it's a one. It wasn't very effective, but now everyone can see where it is. Can, can we all see that dagger floating in the air? Yes, you can. There is a there is right. a dagger no. pierced in something overhead. Let's see it again. It is uh, my turn. Great. Um, so the thing, uh, uh, the thing says, "All lives must go to the king," and it spacks the uh, the dagger out of its face, and that clatters to the ground, and then it lays into Boris. Uh, and so Boris, you're the only one that can see this horrible, fishy metal creature uh, uh, lean into you uh, with its two claws. And let's see if I roll as well as I did last time. So. I have rolled a natural one over here, and the like other one uh, adds up to 23. So even with your magical plate mail and shield, Boris, it actually does tag you. Uh, it actually reaches down, grabs onto your leg, and crushes the, the metal uh, uh, guard on your leg. And Boris, you do take eight points of damage from just one single talent. Very well, my friend. Um, it is your turn. Uh, I'm going to say, Boris, since you're at the lead right now, what do you do? Uh, Boris, uh, he uh, is going to, uh, and now he's talking in third person. Uh, Boris is going to slash. Uh, <laughs> hey, just aim two feet above my head, anywhere from here to here. And just kind of like slashes at the edges. Just kind of give a general framing. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say everybody after you gets a plus one to hit have for for having framed carefully where the where the target is. Uh, so the lowest I got is a 24. I got a 24 and a thir- and a 30. Those are those are excellent super hits. Um, so yeah, you have hit it directly in the chest, and you also hack the other arm. What is your total damage? Oh, two off max damage. So that's uh, eight and six, which is 14. Plus seven and seven, which is fourteen, so twenty-eight damage with Damn. Natasha. Yes, my uh, dear. Right. It is glorious tonight, is it not? So you hack about halfway through the thing's leg, and you hack about halfway through the thing's arm, and only you see this, but you're like shattering the the metal <laughs> scales on the thing, and they go flying around. Uh, in air and more green spatters on you and spatters on the ground and its eyes are blazing with red hot rage uh, determined to like grab you by the head and twist your twist your head off next time uh, let's see so Bellinus that's all happening um, yes what do you do I'm in the back um, I am going to use my longbow because this thing needs to be dead as soon as possible I believe I can do two shots that's what it says. Correct. Two for rep. Thunk, thunk. Hopefully. 
that's a 12 and a 10. So maybe not. <laughs> so unfortunately not. So it, they, they yeah. fly over uh, Boris's head successfully, but then they, they shatter in midair and they do nothing. Yeah. Oh, well. I tried. Esniak. <laughs> All right. It's going to finish reading the scroll. Right. Despite your suggestion, Boris, I need to see for myself. <laughs> Reads it. Uh, Can you do anything other than read it? Uh, no, that takes up your whole round, unfortunately. So you and have the detective visibility spell uh, cast on yourself that will last for 12 minutes, according to my interpretation. And the, the thing appears in your sight, of course, and you see this horrible, giant, 15-foot-tall fish spindly leg. It's got a big lashing tail that looks like it would probably cut a normal person in half. Uh, and it's and, in your, and suddenly in your invisible sight, it's like shining so brightly that it it's hurts even to look at it. Never mind what it's trying to do to Boris. What is... Why? I don't... Oh. Right, yeah. So it's, congratulations, Esniak. He could see it. He's just not getting anywhere near it yet. <laughs> It's about 10, 15 feet away from you at this point. Renee, it's your turn. All right. All right. Um, are they actually down a, a slope or stairs or something like that? Is that where the fight is happening from where I'm standing? Uh, they're right at the head of it. They're, they're the immediately the behind where this is happening. There are stairs. Okay. okay. How much head clearance is there above Boris? Above Boris, about nine feet. All right. All right. I take the jug of healing that I'm holding and I set it on the ground and I say, I am putting the jug of healing here on the ground. Nobody kick it. But if you need it, here it is. And I set it on the ground and I take my staff, my staff of power, and I slam it onto the ground and I send a lightning bolt right over Boris's head. Holy shit. Uh, okay. Um... Uh, I'm going to say that I have said that the thing fills up the whole corridor. So in this particular case, I'm going to say that uh, that that works. Uh, roll damage for me, and I'm going to roll a saving throw. Ugh. The damage is 31 points. Uh, I did make my saving throw over here. Uh, I rolled over 20 here, so I'm going to take uh, half damage, which is 16. Is that right? Uh. Fifteen, if you're rounding down. Thirty-one is the gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So uh, uh, Boris and Esniak, you're the only ones who actually see this, but all of the things metal scales arc up with blue electric energy that then flows away into the ground, and the thing shakes for a moment and grimaces, and its teeth spark, uh, and its talons spark with electrical energy, and it's clearly terribly injured, but it is still up. Uh, and now even more furious. Um, so well done, Renee. Lucky, and it's your turn. Um, all right. So with backstab damage, I would have to be behind this thing, correct? Yes, correct. And you would have to okay. be not seen by it, and you would have to be silent. Okay. Um, hmm. Can I, is there enough uh, space within the, um, the corridor for me to uh, sort of melt into the shadows to the side and try and push through because I don't know that it covers the entire, uh, the entire hallway or is there not enough space for that? You, you don't know, right? So obviously since it's invisible, you're not entirely sure. Would you like to try and see if you can squeeze by? Uh, yeah, I'd like to try. That feels like what I would do. 
Um, I can't see anything. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's see. Is there a rule that covers this? No, there is not. Um, Esniac, this now the thing is bigger than you. Sorry, uh, you're lucky. Um, the thing is bigger mm -hmm. than you expected. So this seems pretty unlikely to me. Uh, I'd give it a one in six, but your dexterity is good. So how about you roll? A, how about you roll a six-sided die, and this will work if you can roll a one or one or a two. Okay. No, that was a six. So. Okay. So unfortunately, you try as as much as you can. You try to slide up the side of the stone wall, and you run directly into the thing's lashing tail at one point, and you get smacked in the face, and you get driven back about five feet. Gotcha. It's got a tail. So it's my turn. So the team goes. And it again, right, uh, it again groans. It, it groans because it's been cut deeply in many places. It's been electrified, and it says, "My death shall be the glory of the king." And it reaches for Boris again. And I'm rolling some dice. And that was okay. So twenty-two and twenty-seven. So those are two hits. So I'm rolling. 4d6 total damage. So, Boris, you are taking 12 points of damage. Ugh. Ugh. As it pushes its talons into your into your arm and then lashes you lashes you in your torso with its tail, and, and several of your ribs crack at that. Um, but it is Ugh. your turn, Boris. Like I say in my country. Thus, Vidanya, and he slashes twice. Uh, so that's going to be a, let's see, a 9 and 15 is 24, uh, and then a 7 is uh, 23? No, 22. Yeah, those are hits, actually. Great. Both of them? Okay. Not your best strokes, but, but those actually do connect. Uh, 7 and a 6, so that's 13 plus 14, 27 damage. Okay, so uh, randomly rolling to see where you hit over here, and uh, two head hits. So for you stab your sword up through the thing's jaw, and it comes out the top of its head at one point, and then you pull it down, and a whole bunch of green ichor spills out on top of your face and your torso, and then you cleave with it in the other direction, and you snap its neck right off, and its head falls off and rolls on the ground, and the enormous colossal body tips over backwards, onto the stairs and rolls down, kaboom, 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 spewing invisible green blood as it goes. Team effort. Your death was glorious indeed. Anybody see that? <laughs> I did. It was really good. I saw it. I saw it, Boris. And, and that Boris, was awesome. Boris is genuinely like shot because... All the time, he has to fight invisible things, and nobody believes him. No, so no, somebody no. actually <laughs> started preparing it. It's like I don't want you to be alone, like in, at camp later on when you tell the story. I don't want you to feel like everybody thinks you're a liar. You know, my friend, you have emboldened my heart. No, no, no. Yeah, don't don't rub it in. I, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to do anything nice for you. Oh, nice. Renee, you see oh. your healing potion just float in the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember, we only have six of those. Oh, I might need All a right. shot of the good stuff. Who is drinking some of the healing potion? You do only have six doses. So, Bellinus, how many do you take? One or two? or? Uh, how much do they give me? 
Uh, D6 plus one. D6 plus one? Yeah. We'll start with just one. It's been a really long time since I had a character die, so it might be fun for that to happen. Maybe several times. We'll see. <laughs> uh, Boris is going to uh, he's going to do the typical macho thing like, ah, you know what on second thought I just take a drink of water skin <laughs> spits okay. the water out yeah. <laughs> is this creature still here does it dissipate or, or is it like does, is his body still here you do actually, as as you look at it, as Nayak, you actually do see it turn, starting to turn to vapor and disappear in your magical sight as you're watching it. Uh, if you hadn't been watching, it would have just not been there. But you actually do see it slowly sort of melt away into silvery smoke and drift off, um, uh, actually back towards the entrance behind you. Back towards the entrance. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was, curious, I was curious if he could if he could glean any kind of insight into the nature of the creature from its vaporous uh, disappearance. I don't know what all. I, I'm looking at like his level and sort of general stat breakdown. I don't know if he knows anything about like extraplanar creatures. Is this bound? Could should we expect more of them? Uh, should we got its name first? That kind of thing. Um. How about we? Okay, so how about I'll I'll let you make a roll for that. Actually, uh, you're very high level and you are a wizard. Um, maybe. Okay, so uh, how about you roll a d6 and if you get one through four, we'll say. Okay. You've seen you've you've managed to invisibly see one of these before. Got two. Two. Okay. Uh, this is a, an extra dimensional creature that some refer to as an invisible stalker. Um, it's a, it, it's cast by the highest possible spell level. In original D&D. So only the most powerful wizards can summon these things, can um, enslave them to service for possibly centuries if the command is worded right. However, this thing is much bigger than anyone you've ever seen before. Normally, you have in fact seen invisible stalkers and they're only about eight feet tall, which is mm -hmm. bad enough, and this thing was double size. Right, right. And they're normally like plate armored like that, like mirrored sort of plates. Correct. Okay. The one or two times you've seen mm. this before, yes, that's what they look like. Uh, I'll, I'll relay the information generally. That was some sort of uh, creature of ether, visible stalker. If there are more of them, mm. I do have the ability to create a protective sphere that will keep out conjured creatures. So if this is a thief yeah. summoned from another place, I could keep them at bay for a few minutes. It's good to know. Good to know. You're a good shit, Renee. You're a good shit. <laughs> just, just out of curiosity, oh. for those of you who could see it, could I have slipped through? Was that within my purview? No. Yes. Almost surely. It was tangle of limbs. It was tangle of limbs. You probably were okay. Okay. You will have your moment. Right. I feel it. All right. I will do it. I will do it. I did one damage with my dagger, so <laughs> I collect my dagger. Yes, you picked your picking <laughs> dagger up from where it was where it was thrown. Um, so Renee, maybe you want to look at the, maybe we should look at the map. Yes, indeed. Uh, while we're doing that, quick, um, quick question here. Does Esniac's, uh, Elven Cloak and Boots, are they, um, do they work underground? Or is that just, uh, like they, in the wilderness? They do, actually, yeah. They do. Okay. 
They work actually a little sure bit better those. in the wilderness, but they do manage to obscure you, you know, sort of in a chameleon okay. fashion, even underground. Yeah. <clears throat> He'll have, he may, I mean, he's where he wears them all the time. Why wouldn't you? Because they're all in boots and a cloak, but uh, he notes them to himself. Okay. So Esniak uh, pulls the hood, his hood over his head, uh, disappears from sight. Um, are you still carrying the lantern, Esniak? Uh, I think that's a good question. If you want, I could carry it for you. <clears throat> yeah, I think. Yeah, I think if that's uh, all right, Renee. Yep, I'm happy to do it. I'll pass the lantern over. Yes. Okay, so Renee's carrying the lantern at this point, and you've got that, and you've got that. Great. Thank you for reminding me. And and also, you have incredibly soft shoes that make you almost silent as Niak as you walk. Um, who's, who's so looking at the, um, who's carrying the jug of healing at this point? I think Belinus has. It. I think I, I am. Had it last year. Yeah. I'll I'll just hold on to it. Hear voice neither. Yes. <laughs> so looking yeah, around you, you are at the top of these uh, stairs that go down into the darkness. Um, so tell me if you have other preparations you want to make or you want to proceed. Hmm. Uh, so we should push forward quickly while you can still see these things, Esniak. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Do you, do you go. want to go first, Esniak? You can go first. Uh, I'm not a proud dwarf. You can go first. Now, I'll remind you, Esniak is a human being uh, and doesn't have infravision like, uh, like mm. Melanus does. But can't disappear yes. from sight. Yeah. Um, I out? Are, so, are, are you, are you Belinus or Belinus? Belinus, are you, uh, Belinus. are you stepping back, or you want me to, to um, take the uh, if, take the front? If you could see him, you would see that he has the look of of like a like a like somebody's dad in high school who's can't admit that he's too scared to be the brave boy. But you can't see that, so you don't know. You just you can. I can, can actually. Ahead. I can see invisible oh, things shit, for the next can. twelve minutes. <laughs> you I forgot, and then he remembers. I see his look of shame, and I will take my take, uh, my place with Boris. Here you go, yes. Boris. Let's go. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. It won't last yeah. long. <laughs> okay. So it's so well, as the you have. Yeah, I guess you're just barely in front of the rest of the party, so you're still in the light, uh, but you're unseen. Is that right? Were you going further ahead into the darkness? Me? Or well, I think Esniak's taking the lead. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's going to be going slow down the stairs. Okay. Um, are they like what do they look like? What's the state? Uh, of they them? look very old. Uh, they're clearly made out of stone, carved out of the rock of the earth. It looks like many, many uh, footsteps have gone up and up and down them over the centuries. So, like the edges are a little bit rounded, but they look like solid stone. Okay. Okay. I think he's going to go using his pole arm to test the step in front of him as he goes down. Um, okay. You know, looking out for rickety flagstones or any other nefarious business. Great. Great. 
Uh, you're very intelligent, so you have a capacity, uh, the way I run this, uh, you have the capacity to, to find traps like that a little bit better than some people. So you go down one pace, you go down a second pace, you go down a third pace, um, you come to, um, as the, the lantern is brought up behind you, you see the end of the stairs, and actually the floor smooths out, uh, and you get to the bottom of those stairs there, and it seems like the passageway just opens up to the north. I'm going to open this up like 20 okay. feet or so. So you're currently standing at uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, you're currently standing at the base of the stairs, but you can see about uh, about six paces ahead, about thirty feet. Okay. All right. Looks solid. Going down. Safe. Great. And what do you do then? Esdiak's just going to wait for them to catch up. Um, he's going to keep an eye forward. You know, he's not looking, you know, behind him just to make sure that nothing creeps up on us from ahead. But he's okay. going to wait till he hears them come up behind him. Here's the rest of the party. Yeah, we'll say they're, they're right behind you on the stairs at this point. Okay. Um, as long as nobody objects, and as Esniak's kind of in a, if, <laughs> I'm going to do it if nobody says no. So he's just going to keep uh, creeping forward at a uh, okay. a slow and steady pace. Okay. Are you uh, are you still uh, slowly tapping with your pole arm, or um, you're going to move faster than that? I, he's not right now. This Rahotep, somebody who can keep invisible stalkers bound indefinitely, and whatever is not to be trifled with. And so, uh, Esniak didn't get to be the level he did by being stupid. He's going to take this cautiously. Okay. Okay. So you go uh, five feet, uh, ten feet, uh, fifteen feet. Okay, so you get about uh, you get about twenty feet from the stairs, and um, uh, an, uh, like like anyone who is who is less than genius level intelligence would notice this. But your uh, pole, the end of your pole arm, does actually graze a groove in the floor, um, and you can feel that there is something about ten feet in front of you, like perpendicular to the uh, to the walls. Yeah, right, right here. Okay. All right. Hold up. Wait a second. Something in the something wrong with the floor. I don't like this. And he's gonna stop and and ask for Renee to bring the lantern up. See if we can get a better look. What is it? Something mechanical or magical? Something. He's gonna use the end of his uh, pole arm and just sort of like see if he can't trace the edges of the uh, the the crack or the seam. Yeah, uh, it feels like there's a like there's a square uh, groove here in the floor, uh, like might possibly be a, uh, a pivoting section of floor um, directly ahead of you. Uh, it almost does it. Does, it you, you, you push against it and, and you can detect a teeny tiny little bit of give to it. Normal people would not mm -hmm. be able to detect that. Uh, but you can mm. detect there's some it seems like there's a shifting section of floor directly. From the Probably about 10 minutes. Yeah, spend some time. Esniak's going to spend a second or two remarking on how incredible he is to himself, and then Luckian, can you something you can do something about? Yes. Uh, does Luckian have any familiarity with this kind of trap? Um, is this something where they might be able to tell what depressing it might do? Um, or is disarming a trap? I don't know. How do you? 
Yeah, you don't you don't you don't intuit immediately uh, what this what this could be. Uh, do you do you how, do you manipulate it or explore it in some way to find out? Yes, yes. Um, I, I'd like to either, yeah. I, I, Lucky would like to try and figure out what the um, if this is something where the the wall is going to give away or there's going to be some kind of attack coming or what kind of situation will happen if, if this should be depressed and then we should walk away or not. So I guess it's more of a figure out what the trap does than a disarm trap situation okay. or can loop those both. Let me know if you need any help. I'm going to say, so with you, you with Luckian and Esniak working together, kind of like with your fingers around the edge of it, you do find a couple of scrape marks close to the walls mm -hmm. that indicates maybe it's a, maybe it's a pivoting panel that might pivot up. Um, uh, but it oh, seems like it, it has to be very thick, right? Maybe it's pivoted up and scraped the wall at some point in the past. Um, but it has to be very, very thick, and it seems like it would have to put a, put a lot of weight on it to make it do that. Hmm. Uh, question, Luckin. You want me to I could tie a rope around you, and then uh, you know, I, if something happened, I could pull you back. That is actually a very good idea, I think. Um, yeah. So Lucky would like to do that and then try and um, very, very cautiously, very carefully step on the the stone depression Great. to see what happens. So Lucky, you have the rope that uh, Esniak uh, brought at the start of the adventure here tied around yourself. And I'm just mm -hmm. going to check what's supposed to happen here. Esniak's Seems got it in two hands. Seems solid. Seems like you're standing on that area now, and nothing has happened to you, Luckian, the elf. Hmm. Interesting. Perhaps there's um, more weight on the other side. Luckian yeah. is going to try and walk to the other side of the depression so that the rope is across the the way, so that we can be slowly walking across it. You um, get to the other side. Successfully? Okay. Yep. Um, yep. Be very careful, guys. Um, who, who wants to try it next? Now, lucky I'll point out, with your, with your InterVision, you can see a little bit further up the corridor, and you can see that just beyond this, there is an intersection. Mm, interesting. Okay. Um, can, can Lucky and try and listen to hear noise to see if, if they can hear anything further down the passageway? You're listening very carefully. You cannot hear anything at all. There might be like a like a scraping sound far away, like a scraping sound somewhere. Some can't you tell. can't tell. It could be any one of those passages. Okay. Maybe you uh, maybe you imagined that. It, it, that probably didn't actually happen. Maybe you imagined that. Mm, fucking, that's very suspicious. Uh, tell tell the group that there's an intersection that they don't hear anything. Um, okay. tries to brace themselves with the other half of the rope. I think maybe we should walk across this one at a time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so next. Boris uh, Boris goes up to the trap and uh, you, you hear him mumbling to, to Natasha. It's like, uh, do you see anything out of the ordinary here? Uh, because it says that she can see shifting walls. And as we all know, mm -hmm. a floor is just a wall you walk on, right? Like, 
Uh, uh, thank you for the argument, Boris and Natasha. I'm going to reject that. Uh, no, unfortunately, floors are not walls in a different direction. They're, they're not the same structural elements. Thank yeah, you. Let's put that no, on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Source is just wrong. <laughs> this is an inception. Tell that to the fight scene in Inception. <laughs> Good try. Good try. But we're going to say no. We're going to say no in this, in this adventure. And others that I Good call, DM. Good call. Thank you. Is Luckian um, noticeably lighter than the rest of us? Uh, Luckian is a little bit lighter than the rest of you. Not, just, just the question, not so I'm trying not to adjudicate the, the, uh, the danger level here of being the next yeah, person. Yeah, and, and, I'm and carrying very little gear, right? Luckian uh, wears huh. uh, leather armor. Uh, has a sword and a helmet, and that's actually about it. So Luckin is both mm -hmm. kind of slender, small, and is carrying the least amount of gear. All right. What will be? Boris pulls out. Boris pulls out his hammer and chisel, mm -hmm. and he sticks the chisel at the corner and like hammers it in to a, a corner of the the, the little square. Uh. Great, uh, with your chisel. Um, so you're trying to, um, um, what are you trying to do with that, Boris? See if I can maybe like stick the this thing, if it does rotate, and I'm able to wedge this in there, perhaps I can keep okay. it from rotating and give us a little bit uh, of an edge getting across here. Um, uh, I'll say, so you're experienced enough, like the, the chisel is, is thin enough, maybe that's not the best implement. You might consider using one of the spikes that you're carrying, I believe. Oh well, let's pull this out, and he pulls his, the one of the the, the pitons for climbing, right. and uh, exactly. hammers that into a corner. So you you successfully hammer that in there. Um, I'll say if I'll say maybe that will uh, will will roll dice at some point if that becomes important. Okay. You feel like you did, the spike is clearly driven into that spot, and you've got you've got it in that crack spot. And he turns around and looks at everybody. Don't worry, it's fine. <laughs> Renee will very gingerly try to walk across, like, testing each okay. step, like, see if it takes his weight. Uh, you walk across, Renee. All right. Yeah, it's not a problem. I, I go and I help, mm -hmm. help look you and hold the hold. See? Yeah, if, if Renee and I yeah. are holding it on one side and Esniak is holding it on the other, theoretically, when Boris and Blanius walk past, they should be able to put some weight on the uh, on the rope. Which should help. Or at least they could hold on to it if it if it falls. If they fall, yes. yeah. Exactly. Give it Sounds a try. Good. Come on. We Who believe in next? you. I'll do it. You want me to toss you across? I am very strong. <laughs> I may have heard that somewhere before. <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, my dwarf friend. I'm 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 a big boy, but I'm light on my feet. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's gonna. So Boris walks across, this... holding onto the rope. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So uh, yeah, you get across. Balance is across. Nice. I'll play. Oh, well, I get, I guess it is my turn to uh, to practice what I preach, and uh, he yeah. grabs the rope and begins to go across. Okay. Uh, now you're wearing plate mail armor, and you're a pretty big gentleman, um, and you walk across. It's fine. 
All right. The act, the we're just <laughs> jump and I will pull yeah. you. Yeah, he's going to hold the rope. He's got the rope in one hand, pull arm in the other. And he's going to just walk as fast as he can across it, holding onto the rope. And, like, yeah, he's just going to do it like he's seen everybody else do it. So Esniak is among the largest people, and you have uh, quite a bit of, of, of equipment with you. Um, so like uh, actually, the thing the, the thing actually does start to pivot. So at this point, Boris, I'm going to ask to see how well your spiking went. So if you could roll a d6, and if you roll a 1 through 4, you successfully stuck the thing. Otherwise, Esniak might take a tumble. I rolled a 4. Okay, so you six actually it does, it does actually stick. Uh, there's a little bit of like a half inch jolt, but Esniak, you get across safely, and it seems we're, it seems like you're pretty confident this is safe for future travel as well. So well done with that. Okay, uh, you're all, right. all on the other side of the possibly dangerous pit. Uh, let me see, Esniak, your sea invisibility spell has expired. That goes away. Okay. Okay. What do you do now? It is smooth sailing from here on out. I can feel it. You're doing pretty well. This is What's... maybe ahead, nothing, uh, but I, I thought I maybe heard a bit of a scratching noise up ahead. Um, sh should I investigate, or do we want to keep having Esniak with the, with the with the staff? That was pretty good. But you seem pretty light on your feet. Perhaps you could, uh, and you uh, you have the glowy eyes, yeah, da. True, true, true. Um, if everyone is in agreement, Luckin will go to the intersection and try to listen again to see if they can hear where the sound is coming from. Great. Get in the, inter the center of the intersection so you can hear all, all three ways. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, you are standing there, and um, I'll roll the, uh, the listen check. Remind me what your, what your listen bonus is, Luckin. Uh, my listening bonus. I just have um, thief skills listed. Does that count as all of them? No. I think you have oh, plus three, noise. right? I think it says climb, hear noise, plus three, right? Um, yes. Yeah, you feel like um, you feel like there might be. Uh... No, you don't hear anything. You thought you thought for a second, but no, they're totally silent in all directions. Where did I think that I might have heard something from? <laughs> You can't tell. You can't tell. <laughs> now, right, where um, you are, again, with your infravision, you can see further down all the corridors, and it goes at least 30 feet in each direction. Um, I creep back to the party to let them know. Um, does anyone have a strong directional feeling between forward, left, and right? Left uh, is always good for me. Take a look. Let's take a look. Yes. What are the, are the walls here? Bare stone? Do they have anything on them? They are. That is correct. Okay. They are bare stone. Yep. Clearly carved through the natural rock of the cliff face. Okay. Okay. Um, hmm. Anything mm -hmm. on the floors that that would indicate like? Any like you know if if a route were traveled at one point or less traveled or anything like from the from the intersection. Okay, so um, uh, let's see here. Uh, 
Okay, so Esniak, you're looking around there, and it looks, again, it, since it's like solid granite, it doesn't make a very much of a mark. But Esniak, sure. uh, looking around, it seems like there is a groove around the middle of the intersection that you are standing on, like this. Oh, okay. So there's one right there. Hmm. Uh, I will point out, you are standing if, in the middle of it right this very second. So as soon as he notices that, he's going to leap to the south. So, oh, okay. Uh, roll a d6 and roll one through five. Okay. That's a two. Okay. So Esniak um, uh, jumps uh, from the middle of that uh, to back to the south side, and uh, you're back with your friends in the southern oh, passage. Did something bite you? Look, it's another one of those groups. Look at this. And he's like, get down and show. Uh, so oh, I don't Lord, know what I these are. Um, does it seem like the same one as the last one? It does, yes. It actually seems very similar to the last one, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Well, we don't have another chisel. Underground network. Oh, oh well. Um, I, have, I have four more pitons. And he pulls another one out. Oh. And goes yeah, up to the corner and hammers it in. Okay. Uh, so Boris has, has hammered another 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 spike into the edge of the of the groove there. So it seems like you did the same job as last time. Sure. Mm -hmm. this, um, the passage hasn't turned since we entered it, right? Like from the the initial correct. entrance to this, it's been, it's been one straight. Correct. Yeah. Which of the without I, I actually I'm going to talk to uh, Bellinus. Like Bellinus, I you yes. know I'm I don't want to come across as rude, but you're a dwarf, so you got to know about underground things. Yep. Which <laughs> which direction takes us further in? I mean, like into the like into the the rock face. I mean, keep going straight. Turn. What about you? I mean, doesn't it, Dan? Doesn't it seem like just like we went in? To the rock face, we're still going that way. I agree, Bellinus. So, your your, in, your instincts are correct. Okay, good. Yeah. Bellinus, I'll just, just point this way and just look at you. <laughs> it could have it could have zigged and zagged. Could have zigged and zagged. Did did you feel a zig and zag? I'm um, dwarves do not have a monopoly on zigging and zagging. <laughs> I'm never. Esniak has resolved to never speak to Bellinus again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, left or straight ahead. Now I'll point out that you're both invisible, so that's the only way you can communicate. So apparently it is. <laughs> oh yeah, and I pointed. He's just bickering. Uh, yeah, exactly. Bickering. So that no information has been passed at all. That's very funny. Um, what right. knowing that these traps are um, fairly common here can perhaps go very slowly down the straight-ahead passage and try and suss out if there's another one there, and if they come to one, sort of back off, and then try again to the to the left and see if there is one, and then back off, assuming that wherever the trap is, is the correct direction. So it sounds like you're going, you're traveling north, Luckian, and you're you're scanning the, the floor as, as well as you can for other, other pit-type traps, yes. is that right? Walking very softly, very quietly. Okay. Uh, making some rolls over here uh, for uh, possibly detecting 
unseen, invisible, catchy type things. Uh, you go 10 feet, you go 20 feet, you go 30 feet, you go 40 feet, actually, and you see... Uh, I don't need to be trying a thing here. I mean to be revealing a thing. <laughs> you see that that passage dead ends, actually. Okay. Well, now we know. Um, back off and try again to the left, I guess. Unless you guys have, have a different... Bellinus, are you searching it all, like, really thoroughly? Like, the end, um, end of it and everything? Like, search, search? Like... Um, Luckin will, will pop back, um, and, and Bellinus can... You, you can tell me to do that. Luckin wouldn't have searched. Would have just been like, this one's a give up. Um. Oh, <laughs> then, yeah. I mean, who did nowhere? <laughs> Bellinus is, is particularly good. Th these passages are made of stone, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. Um, then, yeah, Bellinus will, like, I'll take, I'll take a look myself, because he's, he's good at that. Um, and he'll search the walls of the whole dead end and see if he sees anything, um, hidden, anything, trapped, anything in the stonework that seems off. All right, so Bellinus, uh, you're not the smartest, uh, you're not the sharpest blade in the scabbard. No. Uh, but you are a dwarf, and you are uh, searching stone, so I'm going to give you a plus one uh, to possibly find any secrets, if there are anything here. Uh, uh, amazingly enough, um, with your with your cunning stone sense, Bellinus, uh, you actually do find, near the bottom of the wall, you find like a weird uh, kind of protrusion that would, to normal people, look like just normal stonework, but this does not look like how granite should be shaped. And it seems like a mm -hmm. knob that you might possibly be able to manipulate. Oh. Is there anything about it which gives it away as anything... It just looks like a doorknob? Like, that sort of thing? It looks like maybe maybe like maybe a, a latch that might unlock a thing to you. Oh. Okay, well, I will, I will announce this and sort of give this information to, to everybody else. Um... Ooh, nicely I done. will attempt to unlatch it if I can, because I'm all right. Yes, you hardy. twist it a bit, you turn it, and there's a clicking sound, and there is in fact a very narrow portal. It's about a foot and a half wide, and it's about four feet high that depresses, um, and uh, again, it's a stench of very old air comes bursting out of the space <gasps> beyond, and it grinds slowly to the side out of sight. And you actually have opened up a space beyond. Um, let's see here. It's supposed to be revealing areas like this. And I'm going to draw the little space here that opens up there. Oh. So the little rectangle that I just drew is the is the space that that uh, goes into a chamber, Passage, a right? hidden chamber beyond from where you are. Yep. And I'll just I'll just call out secret door over here. Well done, Yes. I'll just come over here. It smells terrible. Uh, do the rest of you uh, walk up the the north the north passage there? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. There we go. That's what I wanted. So uh, you are all uh, with Bellinus right there, and um, you could um, turn the knob and close it. 
if you're afraid of what's passed, or one of you could be the first one to go in. All right, I well, should go in. Yeah. <laughs> Look in. You can, you can go first. You're good at this. Lincoln's kind of embarrassed that they walked down this and completely <laughs> missed that. Uh, <laughs> so they, they will try and um, crawl through this hole okay. bravely. So Lucky and you kind of have to, you have to kind of duck down and you kind of have to waddle through uh, and uh, you walk through and then uh, you get uh, your full height and you look around with your elven infravision and mm -hmm. the place doesn't smell very good, but you find uh. yourself here. Mm -hmm. my little pointy thing. There you go. That's where you're standing right there. So Might you look around honest. and... Yeah, this area is uh, not bare stone now. It's sheathed in obsidian shingles, uh, walls, floor, ceiling overhead, all black engraved with like um, uh, uh, spiraling, uh, spiraling lines and designs. Uh, straight ahead of you, there are three sarcophagi uh, from left to right. They're different materials. From left to right, these three sarcophagi are made out of iron, and cedar and brass. Um, to the left of you, there is a funerary boat, um, about 10 feet long, uh, uh, religious, uh, religious wood uh, oak boat, basically. Um, uh, and to the right of you, there is actually where these things are. Um, didn't quite get my map right. But to the right of you, there is a stone altar about 10 feet long with uh, engraved on the front of it, about three feet high, the shape of a crux and sata, a cross with a loop at the top, engraved in the face that you're looking at where the, I, I guess I should draw where the, the altar is right here. Um, and then uh, the other two things, there are two statues of um, uh, men in a very ancient type of armor holding swords. Uh, so the statues themselves are stone, but they actually have metal armor encased on top of the statues. Oh, those statues are going to kill us. Um, I, I look back and I just say, it's a puzzle, guys. We found a puzzle. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is clearly, from what you know of history, I mean, this is clearly a burial chamber, and you have found the tomb of Rehotep. Well done. Well, we're done, I think. Uh, well, yeah. if you can we survive, if you can survive in this final end tomb at the end of the tomb of Rehotep, but yeah. you haven't found the treasury room yet, have you now? I, 60 feet straight forward, and we found it. Um, I crawl, I crawl through the, you said it's the low space, right? It's like only like 40 yeah. tall. Yeah. So yeah. I, I hunch down right. and I crawl through, and I say, where is it? Where is the magical artifacts? Renee pulls up the, the lantern and light spills uh, spills into the otherwise dark room. Is everyone else coming in? Nah. I'm good. I'm going to listen Boris real hard. Okay, so Balanus, you're still standing outside but listening. Esniak, are you yes. inside or outside? I think... <clears throat> does it require Esniak to crawl on his hands and knees? No, you can crouch. You can crouch. Okay. Four feet. I think he might look, and it's kind of, I mean, it, it's, I'm looking at the grid. It's five, like, it seems like, it feels like it'd be cramped in there. There's a big boat. There's cobbles, like, he's got a pole arm. I think I'm going to stay out. Okay, great. So, uh, Bellinus and Esniak playing it safe. Uh, Renee, Lucky, and Boris. Um, 
where do you think the treasure is? All right. Uh. Well. There are three sarcophagi, there's these boats. Correct. The, the boat, is Correct. it is it is the boat enclosed, or is it just like an open, like, is it like a, does it have a lid, or is it like a canoe, like what? Uh, yeah, it, it is open, uh, 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 kind of like a, um, uh, you know, canoe-shaped, actually. Uh, looks in the form of a riverboat, uh, but it is open, and uh, you look in it, and it has scattered uh, a large number of copper coins. And And you said iron, cedar, and brass? Correct. Iron, cedar, and brass are the three sarcophagi. See, if one of them was gold, we would know not to touch that one, but Mm. otherwise. Um, So the altar has uh, writing on it, you said? Some kind of, just the symbol, or is there anything else on it? Right, exactly. So the altar, the the face of it uh, that you're looking at has engraved in it the symbol of what's called a crux ansata, which is a cross, except it has a loop at the top. Has Luckin done any research into this tome, like uh, this tomb, enough to know if they held cedar in high regard, or if they were the type of folk to go and like anything about it, any background. Unfortunately, you do not. So the the time of King Rahotep was so long ago, millennia ago, that you have lost all records of what their culture was like. Okay. Um. Do we still got that rope? Um. Esniak has, uh, has the rope, so we can pass it in if you want. Yep. Oh sure. Mm-hmm. Um, being very cautious, looking would like to tie up one of the statues that they worry is going to come to life when they pick the wrong sarcophagus. Interesting. Um, do you pick the one on the left or the right? Uh, the one on the left. Great. So you uh, take, it's 50 feet of rope, so you bind it many, many times around, uh, all around its arms and its legs, and you tie a very firm knot, and you think any normal person would clearly not be able to move in that. So you feel pretty confident that you've tied up the the statue. All right. Well, perhaps that would buy us some time. One of them will be. The other two will be full of spiders and death. How do we the other thing that? I will point out, Luckin, since you were looking at the altar, is that behind the altar on the wall, there are three levers. Oh, ho. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would like to investigate the levers, please. Great. So you kind of you kind of wedge your way uh, between the statue and the altar, and you're looking at the, uh, the, the wall behind there. Um, so right here, my pointer will work, so right here. Um, uh, yeah, and there's just enough space for a single person uh, to get in behind there and manipulate the three levers. They're currently in the up position, and it looks like if you applied pressure, you could move them to the down position if you wanted to. All right. Uh, seems like we can simply open one of these. Um, do you guys want to like look around and see if there's anything on them? See if they look like they've Sarcoph- been moved before. You're assuming that the, that the levers do something to the sarcophagi? Is that- I, I, I assume so. There's three. Yeah. And three. 
could be. I'm not like a correlation does not necessarily be mean causation, but I agree. Uh, and Boris uh, will have his sword out at the ready, but go up and investigate the sarcophagi without touching. I do have, for, for today, I have one casting of Detect Magic. I could cast it at some point and look about. Not a bad idea. It would be nice to be able to see what is inside the sarcophagi, but I could start and then maybe... How long does that last? Maybe a few minutes? Maybe... Yeah, probably six minutes. Six minutes? So I, I cast it, I look around, I give you the all clear, and then we open one, yes? Three minutes. My bad. Three minutes. Three minutes. So not very much time to look into sarcophagi. My concern is that they're all going to be magic in some way if they are connected to the statues you're right boris uh correlation does not equal causation but i worry that there are three levers three sarcophagi two statues that feels very pointed all right you're right i think though we natasha can be very pointed sometimes she does not like that joke <laughs> no, <I'm sorry>. hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, I will. I will. Uh, I will. I will. I will. I will use it. Let's see. Let's find out if it's, maybe the um, maybe these statues are not even magic. So very true. I, I cast my detect magic and I scan the room. So Renee, you're looking around the room. Uh, the funerary boat is not magical, and neither is anything in it. Um, you can't see that the sarcophagi are magical. Uh, they're sealed up pretty well. So, you know, there could be something inside and you would have no idea about it. Yep. The statues are themselves not magical. However, the armor on the one that Luckian did not tie up, the armor on the one on the right actually glows magical. And the altar uh, in your sight glows magical. And so do the levers. So, so the armor on that that statue is magic, and uh, the altar has a magical aura, and the the levers as well. Correct. But Interesting. Not, not the not the, uh, not the sarcophagi. No, if there was something magic inside one of the sarcophagi, I could not tell you. So, if you want to open one up, now would be the time. Um. Do we want to redo my tie job? on the correct statue, or perhaps try and divest it of its armor before we do this. Well, Where do we all feel? Our friend, our friend here has limited magic, and uh, I, I agree we should uh, use uh, it as much as possible. All right. I um, vote second level. You vote second. <laughs> what do you vote? What was that, Boris? I vote Boris second level. That's the cedar. Renee? Um, any, any lever is fine. We don't know what any of them do, so whichever one you like. So, uh, so I, 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 now I I'm a little confused whether you're talking sarcophagi or levers. So yes, the sarcophagi... Yes, oh, yeah. Yes, no, no, lever. Assuming that they connect, we're talking about the levers. Right. So, okay. Boris is pick number two. Let, let, me, let, me just, let me just reiterate, though. We could just open one of the sarcophagi. Like, we just lift the lid. And ignore the lever. Just open it. I have crowbar too. Yes, yes. All right. Well, I don't... So Boris, it seems like you're right. So I, so Boris or Luckin, what? Uh, 
It doesn't sound like Renee's actually doing it. He's just encouraging other people to do the thing. <laughs> well, this is, this is how one stays alive. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why don't you try believers? the lever first? Yeah, since the levers are both hidden and magic, um, Lucky is going to hit one of them. Um, but they are going to call out to Esniak and Bellinius quietly. Uh, just name a number between one and three. <laughs> This is how we solve uh, puzzles. One and three. Esniak has moved on from the door. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> I was waiting for you guys. He's he stepped away from the noise uh, a bit. Um, but if he hears that, he might, you know, one. <laughs> I heard one. I heard one is what I heard. I heard one and I've heard a two. Valadius? Two? All right, two it is. Uh, Lucky's gonna hit L Lucky Lover number two. Okay, is the so power Luckin, of democracy. You, you grab on to the steel <laughs> lever and you throw it down, and there's a clicking sound, and there's an enormous uh, grinding, rumbling sound from but from beneath the, the the your feet from someplace, and then right nearby you on the altar, there's a sizzling sound and um, uh, uh, electricity. Uh, runs and plays over the top of the altar, and when it gets done, there is a copper crux ansata sitting on top of the altar. Uh, Renee, maybe you could show us what it looks like. Oh. And it's made out of copper. That is interesting. Um, <clears throat> what was that, Renee? Uh, uh, sorry, how large? How, how, what size is it? Uh, about this, about this big, about uh, about nine inches to a foot. Is it magic? Yes. Hmm. It has a magical aura. Is there like yes, a space does. on the copper? Uh, oh wait, this is copper. The other thing's brass. Those are two different. Okay. Correct. Damn. I, um, I lifted off of the altar. Uh, Renee, you momentarily feel lightheaded. As you pick it up, it's not an unpleasant sensation, but you feel dizzy just for a second. Oh, I feel it all and then it passes. Oh. I I will myself to fly to the ceiling. Uh, nope. <laughs> 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 is that, is that like a power it. you normally have, Renee? If that's a power yeah, you normally but, have, Renee, yes. But I want to see if this <laughs> thing can make me do yeah, it. <laughs> it doesn't happen. No, that doesn't happen right now. <laughs> it was good effort. Uh, shall I hit the other two just to see? Why not? Why not? All right. Uh, this one's for Esniak, and I pull number one. Uh, yeah, click. There's another rumble from under underground someplace, and a sizzling sound, and another one of these devices materializes on top of the altar. Except that this one is made out of iron. Is gotcha. It magic? Uh, uh, it is magical, yeah. yes. It is magical as well! Yes. Alright, I'll, I'll hit the third oh, one. 
Wait, wait. Uh, like he throws the other thing outside. Without waiting for anything, that throws the snatch, other twig. I try to snatch the thing off the altar before. I would, I would wait lever. until it is grabbed. <laughs> okay, okay, you, you get it. Uh, you get it, Renee. Um, and, and this one, uh, a terrible feeling comes over you, uh, a feeling of weakness, like the strength oh. is being drained directly out of your body. I will give you a saving throw versus spells before your strength gets drained out of you. Please roll a d20, add your level, and tell me if you get 20 or more. Rolled the 26. All right, so you manage to drop it. You manage to drop yeah, it in time, and it clangs on top of the altar, bounces off onto the ground, and oh. you narrowly avoid losing a large amount of your of your physical strength ability. Oh, that the wild one did not make me feel well at all. Oh, right. I do not uh, do not recommend that one. The Can third we hear all this outside in the hallway? <laughs> What, you yeah, see, there's rumbling, there. right? Can we can we hear yeah. all this yeah. out in the hallway? Yes, there's rumbling. Can. Yep, it's right. Yep. The whole corridor quiet. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. Um, Throwing so... metal onks on the ground. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had wanted Esniak to actually go back towards like halfway towards the intersection. He just wants to like see what happened, like you know what it's like here, mm-hmm. and I. I guess he's, if it starts rumbling, he's going to be very curious if anything comes and checks it out, or, you know, he's just, like, posted uh, up on the west wall about midway. Just, like, leaning okay. against a wall. Um, yeah, you're, you're, sure you're looking kind of south, making sure that, you know, because you are in a dead end there, that, uh, that no uh, monsters block you off and pin you in the bottleneck, sure. so you're keeping an eye on that. Hasn't happened yet. If that happens, I, you will be for the first to know Esniak. Okay. Very smart. There's nothing so, else in think, the dungeon. Um, sorry, there's nothing else in the dungeon that reacts to the rumbling here. Like, there's no f- other noise somewhere else or anything like that. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Other than the rumbling stops and it's just totally silent again. Okay. Okay. That's all I need. It's very. So look, and there's one lever. There's one lever left. Do you throw that? Absolutely, I do. This one's like he grabs on the last lever, throws it. There's another big rumbling sound from beneath, and 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 Esniak, you're you're backed up against the wall, trying to hold your hold your balance while this happens. Um, and there's a sizzling sound, and another one of the devices materializes from nowhere on top of the altar, except that this one is made of brass. Mm. Is it magic? So there's two. It there's is magical. Yes. It's okay. also magical, and I think I would decline to pick this one up. Perhaps uh, he can just, uh, and he, I just kind of like use my sword to knock it off the altar. Just kind of tap okay. it. Okay. It, uh, it falls off clang, clang uh, onto, the, onto the stone floor. So we have one it, iron, one copper, one brass. Do we want to try the copper one on the cedar? It's the two odd ones out or some such. Oh. I don't know. Let's try the sarcophagi. Okay. All right. Like yeah, all right. I, 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 I like to do things, so I take the. the I heard an idea. Ooh. I take the copper. Onk. There is copper over in boat. Don't know. Maybe it is boat of copper. There's there's a large there's a very large treasure in the funerary boat of I would say one thousand copper pieces. That's a lot of pennies. Oh, wow. that's, that's, we are here for. Magic and gems. That is the lo- is the the, tr- is- the treasury of of Rahotep. Mm. 
1,000 <laughs> copper pieces. You can take it and be happy with that. That is 1,000 lucky days. That is not the treasury of Rahotep. The uh, ghost I told take a souvenir, though. that it's not. Mm. I go, I take the, the copper... Oh, I know I'm using the wrong word. Right. You called it something else, Dan. A crux on Sada. But if you want to call it an Ankh in your terminology, I will accept that. That's fine. I'll know what you mean. I take the crux on Sada, um, and I touch I touch the copper crux on Sada to the to the uh, what did you say? Cedar? This to the cedar sarcophagi. You go to the sarcophagus in the middle, which is made out of cedar. Uh, touching it doesn't does nothing seems to happen. You look briefly around it. You don't see any place where this would connect to it. Uh, that doesn't seem to that doesn't seem to make any difference. Right. There is a lid. I mean, you can see the the lid on it. It's kind of sealed up. But maybe if someone was strong, you could try to just pull it off. Would you like me to uh, assist you, my friend? Yes. You gave me the print. Let me use yes. it for you. Yes, yes. I and, want to uh, see if the treasure is in here. Like any good treasure hunter, it's time to take the crowbar out. And... <laughs> uh, uh, so Boris is trying to trying to just pry off the top of the cedar sarcophagus in the middle. Renee, are you helping him, or are you standing back at a safe distance? I'm standing back at a safe distance. I know Boris is as strong as a hill giant right now, and I'm pretty sure he can do that. That is correct. And he also has a crowbar, and I'm going to give him plus one for that. Uh, just sort of... Okay, this just automatically happens. Anyway, so Boris just, he smashes into the side of it with a crowbar, uh, pries it off, and it flies uh, about seven feet into the air um, and <laughs> lands with a crash on the other side of the sarcophagus. And inside, there is a mummy it wrapped up in bandages lying in the sarcophagus. And I'm rolling here, and that's what you see. Uh... Clutching, clutch, clutch to its chest, it holds three... Uh, large bottles of uh, glowing blue fluid that you feel the bottles might possibly hold as many as, say, like around 12 ounces of fluid each. Is my Detect Magic still going? And if so, is any of that magic? Yes, the fluid is magical. Ah, the, 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 the fluid there is magic. Uh, perhaps some kind of potions. Ah. I will, uh, perhaps I will uh, release uh, these fluids from its death grasp, so to speak, and uh, reach forward to try to take these potions. You reach, the, the, the hands are, are very, you know, they're ancient hands wrapped up in old bandages, clutching it. You, you pull it, are you, 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 and Boris pulls it out and he breaks the fingers off and dust flies up, but you have the magical potion bottles. There are three! Excellent. Yay. I say we split between those brave enough to enter the room. <laughs> he kind of yells that through the hallway. <laughs> What's taking so long? Did you find the main treasury? It's called scouting. <laughs> we, we found the magic potion. Interesting things in here. You should maybe come inside. <laughs> you don't Where want somebody to shore up the rear? Make Stay sure nothing here. comes upon us. And hearing That's all the I ridiculous amount of noise they were making? They don't appreciate those of us that watch their back, do they? <laughs> uh, exactly. Esniak's going to go in. Uh, I got you. I, I'm sorry about earlier. I will talk to you again. I'm sorry. And uh, Esniak's going to go to the false The single chamber. tear falls down Valenus's <laughs> cheek, and this, for the first time, nobody can see. No one can see. <laughs> 
gonna go in the chamber and check it out, see what the fuss is. So Esniak, uh, you crouch down and you 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 invisibly walk into the chamber and silent, and no one knows yeah. that you're there. He'll reveal um, himself okay. as he comes in. Oh. Throw the cloak back. <laughs> so Esniak appears among you in the in the tomb uh, of Rohotep, um, just as the three the, of them split up the magical potion bottles. I point at sure. the crux on the ground, the iron one, and I say, "Don't touch that." <laughs> uh, yeah. There are he's gonna two, give, I he's believe. Right, <laughs> but I point specifically at the iron one. Right. At the okay. iron one, okay. So the, other one, the other one no one's touched, correct? I'm, I'm still the, holding um, the correct. copper one. Correct. You're holding copper, the copper one. Copper, iron, and brass. Brass has never been touched. Okay. Um, brass, okay. And then there's an altar. The thing, is there any writing? Is there any decoration or, or hieroglyphics or anything in here? Uh, no, uh, so obsidian, black panels, roof and ceiling, okay. and there's there's scroll work, uh, line designs, but it doesn't look like they're letters, and it doesn't look like it's um, uh, depictive of, of anything in particular. It, it looks like okay. maybe there is some on these, though I hold up the... That is correct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. <clears throat> All right. Is there is there a place that I could have that set down and my scroll at the same time? The, like the boat is is there room the in the boat to just kind of have them both without needing to touch them yes yes if you want okay well this is the copper one sorry this is the copper one right this is the you're one. you're holding yes. it correct yes. actually never I, mind i mean uh, i'll take the right. copper one over and compare it without touching it to the right. iron one on the ground is it the same symbols they're identical yeah okay, okay. and so okay this one made me feel a little lightheaded when I picked it up. If you want it, uh, or if you want me to place it somewhere so you don't have to touch it. Um, Let's just kick it out of the way. No, no, I mean this one, the, the copper one I'm holding. It made me feel like. Oh, I see what you mean. I thought I you would get the iron one out of the way. No, no. the iron one is terrible. Yeah. Don't beat that one up. It's terrible. I'm not touching it. I want to read this. Uh, I've got to read languages on my scroll, and if I'm reading it right, that's 12 minutes of being able to decipher incomprehensible languages. And he's going to just read, unless it, let's put it like this. He's going to start reading it to himself. If it sounds like it's a spell, he's not going to speak. Mm -hmm. But if okay. it sounds like it's something innocuous, then he'll start repeating, you know, he'll start reading aloud. But he wants to okay. test it without uttering anything first. <laughs> Understood. Understood. Um, so, so, uh, so you do that, Esniak? Yeah. Okay. So Esniak unrolls his scroll, uh, uh, activates your read languages uh, ability. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, looking very, holding the the, the copper uh, crux and sada, um, looking very carefully at it. Uh, now it's pictorial, so it doesn't actually seem to be writing to you, um, but you can decipher a little bit of uh, the story, basically it's a, it's a, it seems like it's a story of life unfolding. Uh, the top part seems to be symbols of inception and uh, birth and growth. And then the, the middle part seems to be uh, growing maturity from uh, the beginning of one's active life to, the, to when one is aged. And then the symbols down below seem to be, uh, show men and women uh, who are elderly, losing their strength, and then finally boarding a boat and crossing the water into the unlife. 
Okay. All right. So it's 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 a seems like a religious uh, icon of some kind. Esniac yeah. kind of digs this. It's very simple. It's very regimented, straightforward. Um, seems like like this seems like a good good deal. Uh, and he'll just you know he'll let him know this is what it is. So not um, letters, not words. Clearly not a spell that could be cast, but an overall mm -hmm. pictorial image of people moving through their life and entering the boat and sailing across to the undeath. Yeah, um, sounds good. He'll let him know, and, and he'll compare. As long as he's got the spell up, he'll compare the other ones, just looking over at him and having the light, okay. and just reading him where they were. They are identical. They have the exact same symbols, just different materials. Okay. They seem, they seem to have some kind of magical effects on them. They all radiate magic, and um, and uh, mm. as, as you saw, or as you heard, when I picked up the iron one, it, it nearly sapped all my strength from my body. So perhaps it is the yeah. same cursed, perhaps. Oh, yeah. I hope it doesn't keep showing up in your pack. I have heard mm -hmm. about these things being cursed. I came prepared. Well, you have that what one What about there. these other two lids? Yes. Brass or iron? Um, I think we pay the iron price. <laughs> That's a different thing. Um, <laughs> can, we've only investigated the middle, the middle coffin, Correct. right? The middle one made of cedar, right? Um, can I take a look at the one on the left, the iron one, before Boris pries it open to see if there's any sure. any weirdness, anything different from the cedar one, any indications, any... Uh... Well, Discord. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> so, uh, you're looking at the iron one on the left very carefully. Um, you know, it has to be a different construction. It's not made of wood, obviously. So this one has smoother sides, does not have any inscriptions on it, um, has, has, a, has a rounded, rounded top, a sort of suggestive of a human body, um, and you don't see anything else of interest in that. All right. Uh, this one looks safe. Let's try it. Boris, if you do the honors again. Your crowbar. Ah. And Boris is now really trying not to drink this potion. Like, he really <laughs> wants to just drink it. But he has he, he has that streak in him. But he, he didn't make it here being dumb. So he's going to take that n nervous energy into uh, trying to lift this uh, iron lip. Okay, so once again, so normal strength people, I would require a difficult strength check, but Boris currently he does have giant strength. So heavier than the cedar lid, you, you just pick it up. There's like a rush of air that hasn't been out in a while. And just tip it to the side. There's Ugh. an enormous clong. It smells like mummy toots. Inside, there is a mummy. And it's wearing a fabulous bejeweled necklace. Ooh. Oh my. Is it magic that would on? look good on you, would it not, Natasha? If you were to don that necklace. Spell is on, it's not magic. It's not magic, but might be valuable. Oh, it is very it. valuable. Go you look it. at it, it has a dozen rubies on it. And they are about this big, and uh, looking looking at them, you feel that they are worth about five hundred silver pieces each. 
I will just hold on to this for the team. Luckin picks it up off the money's neck. Mm-hmm. You have... Pieces is nice, but... Rahoteps. Not a lot. Royal Jewels. Of 12 That's 500 nice. self-received gems. Mm-hmm. Huh. Hmm. Just gonna huh. slide that into the pocket. Is that, uh... Cool. That's not is that nothing. Him, then? Is this the guy? The mummy? Rahotep. Rahotep. Surely is not. To have this powerful amulet. This is what I am looking for. This is probably right. just like a or something. Right. This is jump change. Let's let's find the real real uh real vault. No, no, that would buy that would buy at least two uh two wooden houses in a, in a town. Oh, listen, I got a whole Fair. quarter. Back home, you know, I, I had a whole quarter named after me. Oh, that's All right. If you don't want it, no problem. Uh, should we? Let's uh, <laughs> open the third one. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would like to uh, investigate the third one very quickly, just to make sure there's nothing untoward before we open it again. No. Uh, you don't uh, see anything. Uh, you don't see anything unusual. Uh, this one is made out of brass, has smooth sides. Um, tarnished a little bit with age, uh, but you don't see anything about it that seems to be trapped. Oh, wait. <laughs> All right, so um, uh, Boris uh, pries it off, and um, uh, inside you see a mummy. Is it magic? Uh, the, the mummy is not, but it's holding a bone, uh, a, a tube in its in its hands made out of bone material. A tube? There is some mm -hmm. kind of tube here. Any of you uh, really casty types, you uh, yes, yeah, I will probably will be interested. I, I will pull, pull the tube out from under the hands of the... Renee, you have the tube. It seems to have like a cap that you could unscrew on one end. I unscrew the Ooh, cap. Scroll. You unscrew it. A, a piece of parchment uh, unrolls. Uh, it falls out of it. Do you unroll it and look at it? Yes. Uh, you look at it. It has, it has writing that you can't understand at this very moment. All right. Well, Some sort of coded, yes. weird script. Probably um, a, a, a magical scroll. I did not. Um, I did not memorize or read magic today. I did not think I was going to be studying scrolls. Esniak, is this all? Do you have that uh, at hand? You have cast silence on yourself again, my friend. You do this. Last week, listen. Last week I was cursed by a witch, and I, it's still riding me. So just give me a break. <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> I, did, did, <laughs> I was I was wondering if uh, if if, if Esnex read languages is still up, he'll take a look at it to see if it's a you know a non magical scroll of some kind, maybe instructions or gone. A cipher. Yeah, unfortunately, that okay. that spell expired a while back. Gotcha. And Renee, your magical your magical spell uh, your detect magic goes away now too. Excellent. All right. All right. Okay then. All right. Well, he'll take a look at it. I <clears throat> I can. You know what? Let's gather them up, and then we'll read them all at once. If it seems like we need to. I would so if it is a magical scroll, you would need the spell Read Magic in order to uh, decode Yeah, I just that. have one of those uh, prepped. Okay. Or I guess I can only have one of them prepped, but I just have it. Right. 
I would also, um, uh, I would suppose if this, this armor comes off of this statue, it might be magic armor for those who, who, who wear such things. What kind of armor is it? Is yeah. it full plate? It's plate, yeah, it's full plate, yep. Yeah. I mean, I have full plate. I, I have magic full plate. I do not know if it is better or worse, one or two, but uh, I do know that I am thirsty. And Boris, I, I roll. I actually rolled for this because I was just like, you know what? We'll see. And I rolled a one on a d6. So that means Boris just absentmindedly drinks that potion because oh, no. he's thirsty. Not Boris. And, he, and he's just like, he wasn't really paying attention. And he just, you know, he just tucked into his, board, his potion belt. Yeah. I, 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 I've just been like dying. I'm like literally dying to know. So, so the, the rest of you kind of are like at least one or two of you notice that he's doing that and are just like dumbfounded and don't say anything. <laughs> and so he takes the the rainbow hued, obviously magical potion and is like looking at somebody else and drinks the entire thing. Um, Boris, remind me, um, how old are you? Uh, oh, no. oh, I can't wait to see how much he ages. Hang on, oh, let me no. just let me roll something right quick. Uh, Boris is 30. Boris was 30. Good mm -hmm. to know. Um, before your very eyes, Boris's age changes rapidly. And, and uh, six seconds later, um, uh, he is just barely out of adolescence. And he's, he looks like he's 20 years old. And, his, and when, he, when, he, when, he, when he speaks, his voice is not as deep as it was moments ago. Oh, no. I don't know about you, my friends, but I could go drinking more. Let's go do it. Uh, not 20-year-old Boris again. <laughs> 20-year-old Boris was the worst. <laughs> you didn't go any farther than that. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like... And 20-year-old Boris was yeah. <laughs> I mean, you uh, have to stay up all night and make the worst decisions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are they all the same kind of potion? Um, I, all, I'm not interested the in the magic. Uh, okay. Rainbow. I'm not interested in the magic full plate right now. It's you know maybe we pick it up on the way out, but it, I think it would just hamper us. Yeah. Besides, I, I mean, Bo Boris is going to go ahead and take it off and put it in his pack. He he's he feels stronger than ever. Oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> yeah, that is okay. So you you bind it up. Uh, you bind it up. Uh, uh, it, it doesn't fit in your pack, so you put, it, put the giant bundle on your on your on yeah, your yeah. back. Uh, let me see. Just, just have it kind of like. Here. Basically, what Boris wants to do is just kind of take his rope and, like, loop it and wrap it up so okay. that if something does happen, he can just drop it, yep. right? Great, great. You have it, and uh, did, did some encumbrance math here, and you're not slowed down at all with your insane amount of strength that Renee imbued you with. Being mm. so 20 again feels good. <laughs> Proceed. Yes, you're just too much, Boris. You're too much. <laughs> oh, uh, this reminds me. Um, luckily, in sheepishly unties the rope and returns it to Esniak. Okay. It was doing nothing. Thank you. Thank you. Esniak, you have your rope back? Very good. Thank you. 
So at this point, uh, you have, uh, you've, you've, you've uncovered all these sarcophagi. There are two of the crux sada on the ground, so it seems like you're done in here. Um, um, and you have the armor, so uh, it seems like you have to go back and choose another passage. Um, uh, do you leave the, crux, the two crux sada on the ground, or does someone pick those up and take them? Um, the way out, I would like to touch the one we haven't touched yet, just to see. Okay, the brass one? Yeah. Yeah. Scratch that each. A very powerful spell takes effect to you, Luckin, and your brain is wiped clean with a feeble mind spell. One of the most powerful spells in the game. Um, So I will give you a saving throw, uh, Luckin, but unfortunately the spell is so powerful that it's at a minus four penalty. So lucky and roll a d20, um, add your level. Do I have, four. can I use my spell of ring turning on that? It's targeted. Wow. Oh, wow. Shit. Oh, yeah. It catches yeah. okay. her ring first. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, lucky and roll percentile dice and tell me what percent of the spell is reflected away from you. All with right. With the wind spell burning. Okay. Let me find the okay. Uh, that is, I got a 18. So, not a ton. Okay. Uh, all right. So I'll give you another, I'll give you another plus two on the save. I'll okay. give you another plus two on the save. Yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, let me see. I'm looking at your wisdom here, which you do have a bonus for. So, what this is going to be is going to be a d20 plus your level minus one. And if you can get 20 or more, you shake this off. Otherwise, your mind has been blanked out. Oh, lovely. Um, am I rolling my my wizard level, I guess, right? You get to pick whichever one you want. You could pick the, the high level, the high 10, or you could pick the lower eight. It's up to you. Okay. <laughs> um, I rolled a 17, plus 10, 27, minus Shit. one. <laughs> am I good? All right. Allow me to allow me to point out to the players that whenever uh, any player uses feeble mind on my villains, I always fail the damn save. Uh, so, uh, but you, but Luckin has narrowly has has in fact partly with the, the ring of spell turning shrugged off the feeble mind and kept your mind for today. Uh, right. Well done, Luckin. Wise not Don't to touch, touch that, Renee. Terrible Wise idea. Not to touch Terrible idea. Yup. Luckian would have been out of the game, and you would have had to go on to your backup character. Yeah. Luckian's yeah. still in the game. <laughs> uh, We're invincible, right. my friends. Oh, boy. Let's That's foolish to think that, Boris. Why don't you go in what? first if you think that? It's foolish uh. to think we're invincible. You're just young again. <laughs> exactly, my friend. Young again. <laughs> just young again. Boris is going to buy a creepy van. He's gonna. <laughs> For $264, my friend, yes. Yes, US All dollars. Right. Which way do we want to go from the intersection? That's where we're headed, yeah. By the way, oh Boris is just going to take a slug from the, uh, from the jug. Great. The, the jug of healing? Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, roll d6 plus one, and you get that many hit points back, Boris. All right, I rolled a four, so that's five. Great. Eh! Where did my pen go? Possibly a good moment for a bio break here, Dan. 
I think some of us are getting up independently. Is what's happening? Is that what that is? That's what's happened, or um, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah that's yeah. what I've been doing. Good luck to you. Oh, all the way. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so the rest um, of you reform and uh, go back to the intersection. And one thing that you're surprised to see is that the openings to the two side passages aren't there anymore. They have been uh, they've been uh, replaced with solid rock walls, just like the rest of the um, just like the rest of the walls. Mm. There is no uh, passage uh, left and right anymore. There is no passage left and right there. Okay, is can we see maybe where they were and, and see if there's like a seam or is it just like it's, nope? It seems fused solid, uh, like it was just a solid rock all along. Let's uh, push love, the latch again. My love. What was that, Lucky? I was going to say, let's push the latch again that we used to open the... Oh, okay. Was it like okay. Sort of- right, there was a knob button there. Uh, Lucky, and you turned that, and the uh, portal to the tomb uh, shuts, at like, and, and like there's no passage to the north anymore, but the things to the sides are still blocked off. Damn it. Okay. Morris walks down to the inter- to the former intersection and uh, yeah. beseeches his love to once again, please, my dear, let us uh, see if there is a way to uh, ferret uh, me and my friends elsewhere. And he'll he'll basically take the blade and just kind of the way yeah. he does it, it just kind of hits it against the wall, and there's like a ring that reverberates Perfect. down the hallway. Perfect. Um, so you can detect that the, the, the walls shifted, and these are clearly walls that shift from time to time, but they're mm-hmm. totally sealed off, and that doesn't tell you any way how to open them up. It seems like they're just totally sealed up at this point. Mm. Is the, Maybe uh... until the next full moon? You're not entirely sure? Okay. Is the uh, the groove in the floor still there? Uh, yes, it is, and there's a spike there too. Yeah. Let's pry it up. See what's down there. Nah. Yeah, Boris will go so and Boris, pull the spike out. Yeah. Yep. You have the, the enormous strength. Just pulls it up, and there's several shards of of rock uh, come up with it. You can see the edge of it a little bit better. I'm assuming nobody's standing in the intersection at this very second, so... No. No. Renee, would you mind holding the lantern? Okay. Or if you don't feel like up for it, I, I'll take it I'm again. happy to do so. <clears throat> I was just picking See up what... those copper coins. I, I, I'm afraid I missed something. No, it's all right. Here, yes? <laughs> Don't get any cursed copper. Only took, he only took one copper piece from that. Took a souvenir. <laughs> yeah, we all took Most... one. We're going to press it flat. Esniak did not take a copper because he does believe they're all cursed. Um, I took nothing. I didn't even go in room. There's listen. There's certain things it's worth getting cursed over. Copper's not one of them, and um, that's how I got this silence curse. Let's lift the thing up, right, Boris? Let's let's ah. like you got a crowbar, I got a crowbar. Let's see if we can't open it up somehow, trigger it without falling in. 
You do that. Uh, again, normally I would roll for a strength check. Uh, it's actually very heavy. It's about uh, four inches of stone thick, but the middle part is on a pivot. And so between the two of you, you can totally grab onto it, pivot it up physically, again, four inches of solid granite there, look into it, and uh, Renee takes the lantern overhead so all the humans can see in. And it is a pit. It is 10 feet deep, uh, so a 10-foot cubic block below you there are iron spikes on the bottom of it and looking carefully in lantern the tips of the iron spikes are smeared with a lethal poison as well so that's the pit that uh, you avoided being cast into that he that Esnag just found himself standing atop of uh. correct <laughs> and there were die rolls happening over here that you weren't aware of about whether you tipped sure. into it or not sure yep. um so, is there a way to tell from here, like, number one, could you feasibly get down there without risking being touched by or scraping one of the spikes? Or are they like wall-to-wall, you know, no room there's for... About, uh, there's about 20 of them. So, okay. um, it's, not, it's, it's not like a pincushion... Uh, there's about right. 20 of them, so maybe if you you've lowered someone down carefully, they could stand between them without being pierced. You think okay. Is something it... down there? I just, listen, we're trapped here. The walls are moving. This thing's a moving piece of the tunnel. Mm. Just wanted to check, make sure. If you want, I could Does levitate like... down there and take a look. Levitation. Ah. All right. Levitation, Holmes. Do it. I knew a wizard that had a levitating boot. Excellent. Just <laughs> one? Just one. I think maybe Always two. I will but he just hopped uh, a little levit- bit better? Or how did that work? Yeah. I'll watch Renee's back. Maybe do So the I hear trick. Renee's casting levitate. Yep. And, I'm gonna and down going down to the pit, is that right? Yep. Okay. So Renee, uh, lowers yourself. Are you coming from the north side or the south side, Renee? I assume from the north side. I guess I, I guess the important part of how to how to. <laughs> okay. We anyway, that's down where it is. From the north, right? Correct. Yeah. 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 Correct. Yeah. 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 They, they've heaped up the the pit, so I'll just yeah, just cast levitation. So you levitate yourself down. very carefully. Uh, you're careful to avoid the obviously poisoned, very very uh, razor sharp spikes, and you are in fact standing against the wall between the spikes. Okay. I start just searching around the walls and the floor and. Okay. Uh, let me just look at your stuff there. Am I looking for anything specific? Uh, a door. A door. Something. Something Anything out of the ordinary. Made a roll here. Uh, You're looking around, but you you cross the the walls, and you look at the floor uh, pretty carefully, and you do find that in one corner, uh, there is a crack hidden from above, but you can run your hands around it and it feels like there's about a five foot wide panel in the stone underneath two of the spikes. Yes, Nick, you are some kind of genius. There's a panel down here. Listen, it's a dream. I, I learned it in a dream. Uh, <laughs> is, this, is this famed Russian nesting pit traps? No, my guardian angel told, it, told me about it. Listen, shh, don't, don't judge me. I have a guardian angel, and he told me. Um, guardian angel. Yeah. Shh. Balanus no, judges you. I believe you. in angels. 
Yeah, I'll offer encouragement. Uh, you don't see, uh, you don't see, uh, like a catch or a knob or anything like that. Um, uh, is it too slow? I cast knock. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> so you're, you're taking aside. One of the spikes starts rotating and there's a grinding sound and one of the spikes are rotates, um, clockwise one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times, uh, pops off where the panel is, you can see there's like a bolt on the underside of it that was locking it down, and then the panel with the other spike still in it flips open. Clunk! (laughs) (laughs) And you look into it, and it's a five-foot square shaft that just goes down into the darkness. And there's no ladder, and there's no rope, just descent. Do you have something... um, how, how How deep is the pit from where my friends are to me? Like how... Ten feet. Ten feet. And how long is this rope? Fifty. Fifty. And can you is it can you put a, a spike or something into the wall up there and tie the rope off and I will throw it down this hole? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, you do that. So uh, Boris grinds a spike into the wall and uh, you attach a rope. You feel you test it a couple times. You feel like it's pretty solid, and it's trailing all the way down to the pit and then into the secret shaft below it. Actually, into the, the darkness, just some so unknown than place. Just tossing the the, the right. rope down the hole. Okay, I okay. will tie the lantern to the end of the rope and slowly feed it. Oh, I like it. Oh, clever. Okay, so it go. You you lower it. You lower it. You lower it, and uh, you actually do lower it the entire extent of the rope, and the lantern does not hit the ground below it, but you can see the ground below it. So from where you are, Renee, it's another forty-five feet down. Uh, the lantern appears to be about five feet uh, from the floor down there, mm-hmm. and it looks like there's another stone passage that goes to the north. All right. I, I, I say, all right, climb on down. Good luck. And I start floating down the bottom to the bottom. Okay. All right. So you, are you the first to the bottom, Renee? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. So Renee uh, lands at the bottom, and there is a narrow five-foot-wide tunnel uh, leading north from that location. Oh. Uh, Boris will go next. Uh, great. Uh, so I normally do like a, like a check to see if you're just climbing. I do a check to see if you're bad. But uh, that's a strength check, and so Boris, uh, you have a, a, a ogreish grip on the rope, and you very easily uh, lower yourself to the bottom. And at the last five feet, you jump off. Like he literally just like hangs on with one hand and just. Exactly. And uh, your hand is red hot at that point, and you, you blow on it, and, and you're perfectly fine. I, I will, he's just, just going to yeah, keep doing these things. Um, float up to the... the red handed just for you, my Natasha. Say that again, Renee. <laughs> um, I, I float up to the, to the rope, and I untie the lantern. I retrieve the lantern. Okay. You have the lantern back, yep. Oh. I'll climb. Okay. Let me just look over here. Bellinus, you have... Uh, you're, you're a thief, so Plus you're experienced at climbing. You easily get to the bottom. You're at the bottom. Oh. Boris and Esniak, do you climb down? Oh, Sorry, uh, down. Esniak and Luckian, right? So, Luckian, yeah. you're a thief. You can climb down that rope automatically, so I guess that leaves just Esniak. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I had one. Esniak would uh, also has a levitate spell, so if he needed to, he's going to go last with him. But he also right now is rocking a 19 strength and a 17 dexterity, and Correct. so he might just. We might we. I, he's going to make sure that the rope is very secure. Like make sure that what mm-hmm. Boris did was good. Make sure that this thing is not going to like. Like it doesn't seem like it's going to close shut back up on us. So maybe spike open the door that led to the shaft as well as the rope that's hanging down it. Okay. All right. Does that make sense? Do you have spikes right now? Is that? Uh, he's he, he does not, mind. but he does have that crowbar, and if he can wedge that crowbar in there, uh, he will. Going to say yes. So you take the wedge, okay. you take the crowbar with your enormous magical strength, wedge it in there, and you feel pretty confident that the pit lid is locked in place. And you're pretty confident the rope and the spike are pretty solid, too. Okay. And then he's going to clamber down and uh, join everybody at the bottom. Two, five. Um, yep, great. That happens. Yep. Just doing some math here to make sure that's automatic for you. So you're, you're so strong and so powerful that you do, in fact, get to the bottom uh, quite easily. I'm going to switch the map here on roll 20. Cool. Uh, I think he's going to pull his hood and cloak back up on him. And you disappear from sight. Esniak has mysterious ways. And Boris waves at Esniak. (laughs) Wait, am I invisible? Or just unseen? I'm asking for a DM ruling on whether Boris can yeah, see. Yeah, it's not. it's kind of like um, it's kind of like chameleon camouflage. Um, so if someone's not looking carefully, they're not going to see you. Mm-hmm. It's not completely transparent invisibility, but it's 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 hard it's hard to see. Yeah. Is there so, an answer? So Natasha, or, or she just waves in just a random direction. Oh, I can't. <laughs> He's. All right. So, Renee, yeah, there you go. Um, so you're at this lower area um, with the shaft up behind you, and it's only five, uh-huh. foot, five foot wide. Uh, again, you can see about 30 feet in the lantern light clearly, and it looks like at that 30 feet point, there's just the beginning of a narrow flight of stairs going upwards. Oh, okay. thank God. Want to keep doing like we were before with... Well, okay, okay, it's more narrow, so uh, Luckian and Isniak yes. can't be side by side. Correct. Um, Normally, you'd hear you'd have to go single file. Do you want to? You want me to just it stick is close for in case? Numbers too. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Um, Thank you, Boris. Thank you. Uh, I'll yeah, just ride um, behind you in case you get into trouble. All right. Um, very slowly, very carefully, okay. uh, feeling around for traps. Mm-hmm. Traps and any uh, like invisible monsters. And those are those are good things to, to be alert to. Um, very carefully, you you approach the stairs. Everything seems solid. You're not finding any traps, and you are at the base of the stairs at this point, Lucky. All right. Um, just so you look up at them. It looks like they go up at least twenty feet or so, pretty steeply. Um, can I see the entrance? wherever they lead out? Like, is there, like, a light, or does this, this sort of disappear into darkness? You look upwards, uh, kind of, you kind of peer forward a little bit, and it's a dead end. Hmm. 
Alinas, uh, there's another there's another dwarven dead end for you to work your magic with. I don't have magic. I'm just very observant of <laughs> things which are culturally relevant to me. But I will check it. So, so Bellinus, you go up the stairs. Yes, I go up the stairs carefully. And there's just a flat, plain rock wall of a dead end, and no further extent to the tomb of Rohotep. Mm. But I'm I think you're searching. My... Is that what? Is that right? Yes, I am searching. Get like a yeah, comically a large high. magnifying glass that just. This shows is a up. solid stone wall, and you don't find any cracks or crevices or knobs. Um, this mm -hmm. actually is a dead end. Okay. Ah. Yep. I've used my preternatural dwarfism, dwarf, dwarvenism, to determine that it is a dead end. You're welcome. Um, I'm sure you did your best. Uh, I did. And and. And Boris is gonna like pat Bellinus on the back and just like look up there, and be like, "What well, do you see, my dear?" <laughs> uh, so using your magic towards ability, action walls. Um, you do not find any shifting walls at that point. Now, if somebody else, if someone didn't trust Bellinus, uh, they could they could make another search, um, or they could use some other magical element. We have one uh, magic sword. Uh, looking, Andy suddenly remembers that they also have a Sorry. magic sword um, that can uh, detect secret doors. <laughs> Apparently. Are you serious? <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very useful sword for this specific circumstance. Okay. You should have I said mean, something earlier, Luckin. I might have been using you know, it as a fit, so you know. <laughs> top of the other dead end, but he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> So I would point out, let me just point out to viewers that all the, the characters are pre-generated and they're all just randomly rolled out of the original D and D rules. And intelligent swords are a thing, and they have certain matrices of abilities. And so I myself didn't actually look at this super closely uh, when I made this up. But yes, actually, you do have a sword that can detect secret doors. So um, Lucky and you uh, walk halfway up the stairs and you aim at the yeah. There's obviously a secret door at the end of the stairs. <laughs> And it glows in your magical sight, and it, yeah, it's, your sword is pointing you right, right there at the top of the stairs. There is a secret door in the panel, to the north. <laughs> yeah, it just—it seemed like everyone else was doing such a good job. Didn't want to mess up any vibes, but my oh, sword sure. can do this. Uh, sure. And I—I uh... I thought we were friends. <laughs> so did I. We are. It's gonna. Uh... Gonna detect that magic secret door. So can I can I open it, or uh, do I simply know that there is one? You simply know there is one. Uh, you look around, even though that you know you know one. You're standing next to it at this point. Uh, you're not seeing a knob. You're not seeing a switch like you saw before. There's no there's no um, a hole to stick a magic sword in. Um, um, maybe you just if press I, if on I, it. If I like did a search for it, since I haven't done a search for it properly, could I get some mm -hmm. kind of bonus for having? For knowing that there is one, 
that makes sense to me, actually. Let me make a roll for it. Um, yeah, you, you look very carefully, and even knowing there is one, you don't, you're, not seeing, you're not seeing any particular device. Um, so, you know, like normal doors, you just got to push on them hard. So maybe if you just push forward on it, that would do it. If all else fails, I've used my knock spell, but I do have a pass wall. Uh, does one of our um, heavy, heavy push gentlemen, Boris or Esniak, want to try to shove in it? Boris, you sound like you got a lot of extra energy. That's true. Hey, you know, back back in my uh, academy days, they called me heavy push all the time. Different reason. <laughs> Don't want to go into it. And he goes up. Where should I do the heavy push? Here or here? Um, I I direct Boris where I. Any one of those places, any one of those places that he pointed out would be fine, as far as you can tell. And he just kind of, like, shoves it, or tries to. Great. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I would, again, normally make a a strength check for doors. Uh, Let me see, your bonus currently is, what, five? Boris, you have done two push-ups today. (laughs) This is very good. I'm getting double workout. (laughs) So, Boris totally pushes on this. And it's a hatch that just flips out into a room. And at the same time, the floor that you're on tilts down, snaps down five feet. Please make a saving throw to tumble into the room uncontrollably. Oh, dear. So you're going to roll a d20. You're going to add your um, level. And let me see. This happens so fast, you're going to have to subtract four. So uh, add my level. My level is nine, so I'm only adding five. Correct. Correct. Oof. Well, thank you, nine, rolling over to a six. So that's 11. (laughs) So no. So Boris pops it open, and just the thing snaps down, and he just immediately tumbles out into the space and falls into some area beyond. Now, I'm rolling some dice here for falling damage. Oh, Um, that's a lot of dice. Okay. Um, Now, Boris, I'll give you... Am I supposed to give you... um, uh, Yeah, I'll give you another save for half damage, actually, at this point. So granted that you're falling... Uh, uh, make that same save, and if you can get 20 or more, I'll give you half damage. Do I have the same penalty? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, same thing. Then I, then I don't pass. If I didn't, Great. I would have rolled a 20. <laughs> so you t- so uh, you take a total of 10 points of damage. Okay. Crushing damage. I think oh. something snaps in one of your one of your legs. Are you still up, Boris? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I'm not. I'm not uh, bloodied to use a, another edition's parlance. Okay, okay, interesting. Uh, and you're also in the dark, and you can't see. Uh, hello. Oh my god! Oh my god! Are you okay? Is there anyone out there? Dan, is my um, is my uh, levitate still active? Yes. Just nod if you can hear me. I will rush with the lantern up the stairs and try to levitate down wherever Boris just disappeared to. Okay. Uh, Let me see. It sucks to fall into darkness. (laughs) (laughs) It happens to me at least twice a year, my friend. I'm Russian. It's normal. (laughs) Okay, so, yeah, you find yourself in this... um, uh, 30-foot uh, square room, and it is 40 feet down from where the passage opened in, 40 feet down. Um, mm-hmm. And you look around, and this is not bare stone. It's all plastered, floor, walls, ceiling, 
50 feet overhead. Um, and all the plaster is, is covered with elaborate colored murals. And the murals are an incredible um, menagerie of uh, sites. And for example, you, are, you, Boris, are currently standing on a giant 10-foot mouth that has been illustrated as though it's reaching up to consume whatever is standing right on top of it with huge teeth, like about two feet, two feet long each. And as, you, as the light spills around you and you see the floor and the walls, you see other giant dark maws uh, illustrated as if they're going to jump out of the walls and consume the viewer. There are Ugh. bloody, leering animal heads, giant-sized all around. Overhead, there are winged half-insects, half-people, uh, chimerical creatures. There are bodies being butchered by goat demons, faces disintegrating into skulls and veins. Um, and the overall sight all around you is, just, is, uh, is, is unpleasant, to say the least. There are no exits here. There's nothing in the space that you see. Uh, there's no furniture. It's just an empty room with terrifying murals on all the walls and the floor. Based on Ugh. the fact that we walked up and Boris fell down, are we about the same level as we were initially? Yes. Good guess, actually. Okay. Yes. Seems like about that. There are a lot of dark walls down here. I do not like it. And he has like Natasha like like keeping all the art at bay. <laughs> <laughs> He's young and less You're not seeing so anything invisible, it. and you're not uh -huh. seeing any shifting walls. Mm. Mm. I do not like this, my friend. No. Poor taste at, at best. <laughs> All right. Um, Is it just Renee and Boris down there right now? Correct. Like, R Renee, you went down into the room? Yeah, yeah. I, I floated down with the. With the okay. So what about you, Luckin? Are you still at I'm the at top? The, I'm at the edge, yeah. Okay. I have not gone I don't have my rope. Yet. I don't have my rope. Um, I have rope. Oh, yeah, hand me a rope, Boris. I will uh, float it up. Okay. And a Act and a a, uh, a spike. Oh, and a spike. Do you have a spike? <laughs> Excellent. He brings one out. Wait, I'm down to three now. I, th I think this sounds like Renee is bearing up spike and rope. Is what it sounds yep. like. Yep. Uh, you jam that into the the wall, Isnak. Yeah, yeah, we'll create a secure uh, holding so we can climb up and down. All right. Seems like you have that in solidly at this point. And the rope, this rope easily gets to the ground or the the, uh, the room below. Um, yeah, Boris, Boris gets out of there. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't like modern art. He doesn't see the appeal. Uh, Boris climbs the rope and you're back up in the hallway. Um. Mm. With my sword, um, I would like to detect evil. Is that something? Is that a spell like, or is it the sword? If I unsheathe the sword, I can just see. Uh, anytime, yeah. Anytime you concentrate on it, if you have the sh the sword out in your hand and you concentrate on it, you can detect that. Okay. Um, um, you are detecting a very 
faint uh, evil in the atmosphere of the room. It's not any particular location, but overall the illustrations themselves feel like they're communicating evil to you. Not a great deal. Great. Like it's lingering and maybe has faded over the years. More so than behind us, like this feels concentrated. It's not just like a general evil. It's it's like concept art for the new season of Attack on Titan. Just <laughs> is it in the same? Is it in the same style of the other of of like the the hieroglyphics, the pictograms from before? It's like, is it is anything like resembling that, or is it just completely? No, definitely different. This is definitely okay. different and, and much more menacing and not not nice at all. Yeah, it does not seem like it. Yeah. All right. Um, Renee, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to adopt your accent. Uh, Renee, <laughs> I, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> can you, uh, can you detect the presence of magical auras uh, anymore? Oh, or, or? I'm afraid I've already used that for today. Yeah. Hmm. I could, but something tells me this might be, I don't know. You, you can. Can you um, can you see if there are secret doors? Perhaps. Uh, what I'm worried about is that we'd step through a some sort of glyph or a teleporter or something oh, that's plastered under this. Don't know what to move about the room. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, yeah. That's mostly what he's he's worried about because you did say it's plaster over stones. There could be like any number of things hidden underneath the plaster, right? I read the. You guys didn't read the book about this place before we started on the expedition. Nope. <laughs> um, Sorry. Looking at her jewels and just went. Um, uh, so he will cast detect magic. I do. I do have a uh, read minds, which I could use to see if there's living creatures about that are. Hmm. That's true. Wishing us evil. I'm hearing cast detect magic, and yeah, Esme uh, does cast detect magic. magic. You're not seeing anything magic in this location. Okay. Other than That's good you know, know what is on your your own party's gear. So magical armor, yeah, yeah. magical swords, magical potion bags. Sure. Um, sure. If that's the case, then perhaps I should make my way down, see if I can find the traps or secret doors. Yeah. And I'll just okay. um Yeah, he'll just keep his eyes open as long as that's going, just in case. Uh, that's I'm hearing Lucky mm -hmm. climbs down and you're in the, the horrifying chamber. And what, what else is happening, Boris? Uh, 20-year-old Boris at the top of the thing gets bored and changes his armor with the armor he just found. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, I'm like 20-year-old Boris. That's what I tell you guys. Remember the last time this happened with Boris? Remember? You, know, you need so fun to assume that Bellinus is, is assisting you uh, uh, changing uh, from one plate mill into the other. Yeah. And Luckin, you are in the, the bottom of the chamber. Uh, you can see all the walls. And what are you going to try first? I go Traps. down in there with Luckin to just keep okay. an eye. Name a wall that you're, uh, you're searching for traps on. Um, there's n Is there anything differentiating the walls? Like there's there's the, there's monsters on all sides, correct? Correct. Um, correct. And there's nothing I saw that felt particularly evil. In that case, um, I'm just gonna make a circuit. 
just try and make a circuit starting um, left clockwise. Okay. So uh, looking for traps on all the walls takes quite a bit of time, and I'm rolling for some other stuff here as you do that. Uh, you Great. make a circuit on all the walls, and um, uh, you get a really close-up view of the horrifying artwork and uh, other details that you didn't see at first. There's, the more you look at it, the more details in the background that are even worse than the things that are immediately present to people. And you have not found any traps. Um, all right, uh, secret doors. Okay, so you are triggering the magical ability of your intelligent sword to look for secret doors. The whole, the floor, no secret doors. All the walls around you, no secret doors, except for the one that it detects that's 25 feet up the wall next to where the hatch opened up behind the plaster. And the only way, the only way that anyone would have ever noticed this would be to remove the plaster from that part of the wall 25 feet up right here. Um, but you have found it with Greyguard's magic secret door ability. All right. All right. And we got a levitator, too. I think that's probably expired by now, unfortunately. That's fair. But I can fly. <laughs> <laughs> you have the most useful spell. This, 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 this is what I do. Not to, you know, I have very few of the big lightning and fires, but uh, lots of useful little things. Uh, all right. So you want me to fly up there? Yes? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, did you have a, a maybe maybe give me a, a, a spike and a rope or some such because I presume if I open the door that other people will wait to follow I'm out of rope oh dear um should we take the rope and spike that's currently uh, down from the open door and put it in the new door? We might not be able to fly when we get back. That's true. Um, it sounds like everyone should come down, and then we should take the rope down, and then put the rope back up. Just one second. <laughs> and you hear buckles and some clanking. <laughs> <laughs> right. with, with, the, with the rather extended amount of time that Luckian took to um, search the, the bottom part of the room, and definitely, Boris, you are in the new armor. And remind me about that next time you're in melee. Oh boy. Okay. Um, and, Anyone have uh, like a long book to read while I was searching this for traps? <laughs> um, so I, I mean, yeah, we're going uh, to have he... to give up on some rope somewhere to get everyone up to this door to go through if we want to go through it. Yeah. And uh, and and Boris like pulls the spike out and the rope and everything tumble tumbles down so that they can. I take the, the spike and the rope, and I fly on up there. And I just use the spike, I guess, to scrape the plaster. Okay. And right at that point, there are two goat-headed men uh, chopping up human bodies with cleavers. Um, and it's pretty gross even to look at that. But you carve up uh, the plaster with a spike I, I, over several minutes. You I start chopping up. destroying this horrific artwork. <laughs> you yeah. chop up big chunks of it. They come down like fist-sized pieces. And after about 10 or 15 minutes, you actually have 
a, a jagged uh, uh, part of the plaster that's opened up, and there is a panel there with hinges that looks like you could just push it open. Great, great. Well, I, I, I slam the, I then, you know, hammer the, the spike in and tie the rope because I don't think my fly even lasts 10, 15 minutes. So, <laughs> so before the fly runs out, I have fixed the rope. Oh, yeah, 12 minutes. 12 yep, minutes. so you get that, you get that done. Yep, you totally get that done. And you uh, put the spike with the rope next to it, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Great. Where's the other end? Does it go down to the ground or does it go to the other hatch? Um, to the ground, I assume. Okay. I guess I don't, where is everyone? Where, uh, it goes to a person. Someone's holding it. So, uh, so Luckin's at the ground, at the, at the ground level of this room. Everybody else is still in the corridor. Okay. Um, um what do you want? should everyone have taken the chance to like head downstairs while Renee was hammering? Or does Boris guess... really not want to go back down again? No, yeah, I I was uh I thought Esniak was in the room. Um, okay. Right. We'll uh, say that we'll whenever he was taking that Before that happened, Esniak yeah. slid down the rope yeah. and Boris you're yeah. on the front level as well. Uh, yeah, no, Boris uh, is, is, can Boris kind of just like work his way down safely as opposed to tumbling like he did before? Well, there was a rope. I mean, so we could say that you did that with the rope. Yeah, I think, I think that's the idea is that everybody climbs down the rope okay. into the room before Renee takes the, the spike and rope and heads down. Yeah, gotcha. that was my understanding too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you have the, uh, the rope uh, spiked up uh, by the secret door. Yes. And the whole party's in the, in the on the floor right below it. All right. I guess I push open the secret door. That I want a, st a strength check from you, Renee. Oh, this is not my specialty. I rolled a two. You need a heavy. What? You need a heavy push. Oh, I won't roll. I won't roll. Well, I rolled a two on it. Yeah, you do want roll actually. Yeah. Okay. Surprise! So um, uh, yeah, so you actually do. Uh, you actually do push it forward, and uh, let me reveal a bit here. So it connects to this, and there's a five-foot-wide little corridor that goes to the west. All right. Having having revealed the way forward, I fly back to to the group. Great. Uh, so presumably the party climbs up there and goes in, I assume. Who goes first? Yeah. Uh, probably me. <laughs> Lucky and goes. So with your intervision, Lucky. you lead the way. Everybody climbs up behind you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the corridor goes about 15 feet west, and then it turns north. Do you continue that direction, Lucky? Uh, yes, but slowly feeling around for traps, right. as I do. I you learned my do. lesson. Uh-huh. <laughs> you go 30 or 40 feet in this direction, and it looks like the corridor just keeps going to the north, as far as you can see. Keep going. Okay. We're right behind yeah. you. All right, All right. so uh, Renee, I believe, is mapping, and uh, this uh, goes north about 80 feet or so, and then it turns to the east, and the tunnel opens up at that point to a 10-foot-wide tunnel. And uh, you look this way with your infrusion, and it looks like 
it goes about 40 feet to the east, and then there are stairs going down. Mm-hmm. Down again. All right. Um, Let's do it. Ex- exciting. Um, Until the darkness, mm-hmm. we plunge. Yep. Um, Lucky. Like our honeymoon, huh, sweet? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I hope you had your honeymoon before the sword situation. It is. Um, um, before we head down the stairs, Luckin would like to chuck that throwing dagger just down it. See if okay. it hits anything. Down the stairs? I got a very how, large... How <laughs> far is the rest of the party behind Luckin? <laughs> Not, I'm, I meant, Esniak meant what he said when it was like right behind you. So he's within, you know, grab a rip or grab Lucky if they need to get pulled out of something kind of distance. So uh, Lucky and you step up to the stairs. He's like from five feet to throw the dagger past them. Yeah. Great. Um, so you can see down here, it looks like it opens up into a larger space down there. And you chuck your dagger about 40 feet in that direction, and it uh, lands, clangs on the stone, and then skitters out of sight of the, of the light. Okay. No large seven monsters. Um, you shall fall his boss. It's true. <laughs> um, do, do I hear anything? After that, like, is there any kind of reaction to the loud noise? Nope. Nothing? Total silent. Renee, your fly spell just expired. Yeah. Yes. All right. Let's move. Let's keep moving. Let's continue. Let's keep going. Slowly and carefully. Fascinating. Uh, Does anyone else feel like we are just wandering randomly? I just want to make sure. A hundred and fifty percent. Yes. Correct. Wanted to make sure it is not new age. Uh, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. What's this, what's this then? All right. So you are in a fairly large room, uh, about 30 feet by 40 feet or so. And uh, there is a very large uh, statue uh, facing where you come down the stairs in this room. So the roof uh, is a little bit past where you can see with your lantern light uh, easily. You feel like there's a a roof in the darkness, maybe about 40 feet overhead. And you're looking at a statue that is about uh, maybe 15 feet tall. And it is of a man, uh, bare chested, barefoot, has uh, just wearing a single skirt, uh, has a shield in one hand has a, a, a long uh, beard uh, that, that sticks out from his chin, has a conical hat with the Crux Unsada symbol on it. This whole thing is engraved in stone and holding a giant mace over his head. Uh, but it's immobile and it's a giant statue. To the north are enormous uh, twin valves of bronze doors. And this looks like uh, you know there's a seam down the middle and it looks like there's an inscription on those doors. But you have to get closer in order to see that. Huh. All right. Um, All right. 
It was a cool hat. It's a good hat. Don't take the hat. I don't suppose but... Detect Magic is still going. I think that probably ran out a while ago, yeah? Okay. All right. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, well, very, very carefully searching for traps. Pretty consistently. Yes, that's true. You're, you're, it's, uh, very true. Uh, that is true. Um, I'm not going anywhere near the statue, but I, I'm, I'm going to go in the room. Yeah. I keep to that west wall. I will stay okay. between statue and my friends. Not keep eye. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Boris. Um, no. Is there like once like the light is in the room, we get a better look at it. Um, mm -hmm. Can we get a? Is there anything indicating what sort of chamber this is? Like, well, there's no uh, you know the bare stone walls. It doesn't have uh, plaster artwork like the last room did. Uh, very high ceilings. It's pretty bare. It feels mm -hmm. it feels like. Feels like this is a passageway to another location. It's pretty bare, okay. except for. But you said there's uh, writing on the on the doors. Is that right? On the doors. Yeah. Can, can writing we see on the doors. Here on the south side of the room, I assume we're. You'd have to get within like ten feet in order to like make out what the, what the symbols are. Exactly. Right. Okay. Um. Um. Luckian's gonna follow Esniak's lead and um, hug that um, left wall just sort of trying to creep into the darkness okay. very much like inching along to try and make it to um, the front of those doors to try and make out the symbols very carefully very slowly you're back totally up against the west wall you get to that north wall and you get within about uh, 10 feet of the bronze valves and uh, Renee if uh, you could pull up the Coated bottom. Uh, yes, uh, give me just a moment. Uh... <laughs> so you're looking luck in. The light's not great. It's hard to decipher. It's hard to make it out. But you can see symbols <laughs> on ports. Special so And these symbols. Mm. Uh, is, that, is, that the, is that the bronze one, Dan? Correct. Yeah, it's bottom coated. Ah, ah, yes, letters. Do they look? Not a language that you know, like in. Um, uh, some kind of ancient inscription on these bronze valves in a long time. Uh, it covers where you know it covers across where the, the it's right next to where the seam is in the valves. Uh, now, right immediately next to this, in the seam, there's a depression. And the depression is in the shape of the crux ansata of a cross with a loop on top, depressed into the bronze at the point of where the seam is. Um, and as a reminder, the no, there wasn't a bronze. Uh, so the, the 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 physical ones, there wasn't a bronze one, right? The um, the ones that we had. There's a brass one. There's a brass and an iron. The brass, brass is the one that almost copper. killed me. And I have the right? copper one. I do have a read languages memorized if you want to, oh, ho, ho. to read this. Alright. Lucky and we'll sidle back. I will. I will approach, I think, maybe less cautiously than Lucky and did, <laughs> but 
try to keep Boris between me and the statue. And you see Boris absentmindedly drinking like a potion that he pulls out of his don't, pack. Don't don't drink Boris, <laughs> you're, not. you're going to be ten year old Boris. Uh, he's just drinking his potion of clairvoyance. He forgot that he had it. And he's just like it's an oh it's an energy drink. And he just thinks it's like a monster. <laughs> do, do you take this I, I yeah, he drinks a potion of clairvoyance. <laughs> okay. So at, at, at this point, uh, you start to see beyond the doors. Um, uh, so there's 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 a there's a large space beyond. Uh, you see like some ancient chairs. You see an ancient chair on one side, and a, a large urn on the other side. Uh, but the space seems to stretch further ahead than that. Mm. Yeah, he kind of has that look, like Lebowski look, uh, when he's looking at the the note or whatever. Uh, mm. <laughs> he's just like. Oh, there's uh, there's stuff in there. I see it. Is it you? Is it you? And yeah, he's a little confused. <laughs> he's a little confused. Um, how long does that last, by the way? Um, you know, there's a die roll involved, so it's so usually a couple minutes. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> so until 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 otherwise notified a couple minutes from now that'll be that's that's the situation you're in for us. Okay. I'm wondering if we want Renee to just um because you can go through the walls. I do have a password. Hmm. But I but I Which, was moving you, up there to cast the read language. Yeah, I'm curious about this <laughs> right, as well. I forgot, I forgot. I'm curious about this. <laughs> If you uh, if you want to cast read languages, uh, Renee, yes. then uh, bring, please bring up uh, bottom decoded. Ah, understand uh. that this is the tomb of Rahotep, priest wizard, who defied time and death, though of flesh he is no more. The curse of the mighty Rahotep upon any who disturb his rest. Be warned and turn your heart from this place. Yes, 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 yes. Well, yes. this is it, my friends. Uh -huh. We found it. Looks like it, yeah. I will right. not turn Natasha away from this place. I will no. plunge it to the heart of this. Let us go! And, like, uh, Boris runs into the door because he <laughs> sees through it and he's, he like, excited. <laughs> oh, my God. Is it the same language? Run through, before you run through it, is it the same language, <laughs> or is it like it's, it's, it's the 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 pictograms on the uh, the Crooks and Sod is up up there? No, like it's they, completely they, different. Are, right? Those aren't really a language; uh, they're okay. just pictures. These are actually words. Um, actually words. Right. And so, as you look, as you try to look more closely at that and compare it to what's on the ground, right into the bronze doors. Hits it with his helmet, and there's a resounding clang as he as oh. he sprawls back onto the ground. Are there like mm -hmm. door handles? There <laughs> are no slam right in full. That's instead of a push. No. What about okay. this statue? Looks big. It looks very old. Uh, it looks very solid. Uh, Boris has has looked through it uh, with his clairvoyance and doesn't see anything inside it. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah. Focusing. Um, There's nothing like written around it or anything. It's just a simple yeah. statue. Okay. Yeah. That's all I want to know. Um, focusing on the gray guard, the sword, um, to detect evil. Is the statue evil? It is not. Not evil. The door is evil. Do I sense any evil in this room? No, you don't. These, um, so the doors that Boris just ran into that we know are not evil, thank you. You're welcome. Are they, do they have like a, uh, a latch or a knob or something we could use to push or pull any sort of like handle or anything? Nothing like that. There's no handles? Nope. There's the, okay. there's, there's just the seam down the middle, there's the inscription, and there's the depression of the Crux Unsada symbol. Of the Crux Unsada. All right. Any reason we can't try yours, Renee? The copper one? We could try it. We could try it. I also offer you is one of my most powerful spells, but I do have pass wall. If if Boris tells us there's a room on the other side, he can point to on a spot on the wall and then we just go through. How long can you keep that open? Pass wall One day. Uh, one, day. one day. Twenty four hours, day. my friend. Is, uh, oh. Well this is the tomb, it's not like we're gonna yeah, if we're here what? more than 24 hours, then something has probably gone terribly wrong. Um, Perhaps uh, if we, it looks like we have key, we should try key and lock. All right. Let's try key. Save your powerful magics to escape. I take out the copper crux unsada, and I mm -hmm. try to fit it into the depression. It clicks in perfectly right there. And once again, Renee, you have the sense of uh, lightheadedness uh, that comes across to you. Um, and, then, uh, and then this one doesn't feel quite so good, honestly, but it fades. It was a little bit more intense than last time, but it fades again, and you, you, you feel okay. And as that happens, the, the seam in the door starts glowing uh, with light, and the crux inside itself splits down the middle, and the two doors... Uh, open up in front of you into the space beyond. Oh. The artifacts are ours. I can taste it. How yeah. many treasures yeah. are there? This is just going to reveal a giant dragon or something. Seems like a very <laughs> large space. So uh, it, uh, it, 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 it goes overhead uh, far into the darkness. Um, and this is about as much as your light or your infravision can see clearly at the moment. It seems like there's more stuff further in uh, around to your sides, to either side, but you'd have to step further in to see clearly. Alright. Mm. What are those little um, circular things? Can I tell what those are? are those like uh, those are urns. They're about four feet high, uh, painted around. They look like they're metal urns. And this thing oh, in the wow. middle looks like a chariot. A chariot? Yeah. Um... Oof, um... Rahotep is ghostwriting the whip. <laughs> uh... is gonna... creep forward, trying to hide behind one of the urns. And get a better sense of what's happening here. Left or right, Lucky? Left. Okay. So Lucky's hiding right here. And you yeah. can crouch down, and you just, you're just, it's just barely big enough you feel like you can crouch down and have a chance of being hidden there. Now, one, two, three, four, five, six. So you can see clearly here. Looking where you can see with your inversion here. 
Ah. One, two, three, four, five, six here and here. Okay, so stuff along the wall so you can see the west wall at this point. And there are very old upholstered chairs and there is a table there uh, built made out of mahogany. In the wall behind these things, there's hundreds of niches with, with little statuettes made out of pottery all along the, um, the edges there. There is a statue along that corner there and it looks like some sort of um, wooden box. Uh, and there's a corner of the room that goes further to the west. It's a very large room. It's yeah. a very large room. Okay. Looks like everything else, sort of untidy, dusty stone. Correct. Okay. Is there anything in the chariot? Now that I'm closer it to it. It seems empty. Uh, I look behind me. Does anyone well, look like they're making movements at all? I, yeah, like I'm I'm I wanna go see what's in there. Yeah, I'm I'm like at the door with the lantern, like ready to like looking yeah. for any signal from Lucian that it's time to go. Yeah, is it good? Are we good? Thumbs up. Nothing. Nothing. Slow nod and Luckian is gonna creep to the side to the left wall when while the um when the when the lantern comes up with Renee so that okay okay so uh, again Boris <laughs> I said he says to to Esniak you can hop in chariot I pull <laughs> it's all right thank you <laughs> reverse sedan chair here and there's a statue of uh, uh, an ancient warrior with a spear right there. One, two, three, four, five, six. And so you can see clearly here, here. Ugh, keeps flipping the other way. Um, yeah. Why does that do that? Here, one, two, three, four, five, six. You can see this pretty clearly. Two, three, four, five, six. Um, uh, and kind of dimly some of this stuff here. So there are there are there are, you can see at least four sarcophagi in this western limb, and then uh, the chamber opens up further to the northeast. And you feel dimly I'm not showing, and you feel dimly like there's some kind of large structure to the northeast. So you can either investigate these sarcophagi here, or the things further north, or check out the east side. I'm curious about this east side here, uh, and I think as I think everybody's entering in, it, yeah, exactly. Uh, Esniak would be heading towards that that uh, side of the room. Okay, as we all so enter. The, uh, so I keep trying to ping it, and then do you have a, that I'm, not, I'm not actually on it. So. Uh, well, he had the lantern that uh, that Renee has, but uh, otherwise, yeah, he. That's the, as far as I know. That's our only light source. Okay, so you're standing like north of the. Uh, you're standing north north of the chariot, here. But it's that's it's it's starting to get dark there, and you're human, sure. so seeing yeah, yeah. again. You feel like there's some kind of structure to the north of your position, but it's it's in darkness. Okay, all right. Um, He'll rejoin. Wants, uh, uh, Jim, I, I have a. Um... Have a regular like first level light spell, uh, so if I could, I could put that on 
you know, give us a yes, you know, let's do that. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, so I take out one of those copper coins that I stole from the, <laughs> the um, uh, from the boat, and I cast light on it, and then I hand off the the, the lantern to to Esniak. Okay. Yeah. So I, so I still have some light. So, Esniak, you walk back a little bit north of the church. One, two, three, four, five, six. So you can see this. One, two, three, four, five, six. You can see this. So it looks like there are some uh, altars up here to the north. There's more sarcophagi in this eastern limb. And directly to the north of your position, um, as you hold up your north, there is what looks to be a large crypt. About 20 feet wide, uh, goes further into the darkness. Uh, it's about 15 feet tall. And um, it's entirely uh, made out of black obsidian. So um, there's a, there seems like an iron door in the middle of it, but that thing to the, to the, to the north is an entirely black obsidian, large looming structure in the middle of this dark space. Okay. I'll oh, make sure everybody one. sees it. Like, get a look at this. this like a chamber, a very large antechamber. Yes. Um. Okay. Um, I'd like to look at the door, just or get close enough to it if I could see any detail on it. Okay. Uh, and Boris will back up Esniak doing that. Where, where in the room are you, too? Uh, towards in the middle-ish. Towards in the middle. Towards uh, the uh, the obsidian crypt. Excellent. Um, yeah. Eagerly Has uh, you can see uh, heavy uh, hinges on it, uh, but it seems entirely blank. Uh, doesn't have any writing on it that you can see. No indentation for an iron <laughs> crux and solder that we'd have to no, carry back down. No, just right. entirely solid uh, solid iron door. Uh, in this obsidian uh, crypt right in the middle of this large place. And I guess as you get creep, creep a little bit more forward, you can see that there is a wall to the space about 10 feet behind that with a series of four ancient warrior statues behind it. Okay. This is it. This is this crypt. This is it. Yes. Uh, Seems like it. it. Must be. Above, mm. above the door, uh, you, look, you, uh, there, you can see it's, it's dark, but there's like a black gem embedded in the wall above the iron door, uh, black the same as the obsidian, and the only reason that you notice it right now is there's a little bit of a flash of light, a little bit of a glint of light from maybe from your lantern. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. I'd say, <laughs> I, I eagerly lean forward and I say, Rahotep, your magics are finally uh, at hand. I can taste it. And I cast <laughs> telekinesis to fling open the doors of the crypt. Telekinesis, to fling open the doors of the crypt. So I'm checking up telekinesis here. Uh, I'm kind of checking how much weight it can hold. So that's a very powerful spell. And Renee encants the words of telekinesis at the door, and uh, it shakes. It starts to shake as you try to pull it, pull it open. Um, and there's like a crack of a thunderbolt oh, and an enormous uh, bolt of magical energy comes shooting back in the other direction at Rene, nope. striking oh. him full on the chest with a black yeah. beam of energy and you see his body start to shrink from it and something gets pulled out of him into the air and gets 
comes back through the iron door and his body collapses to the ground in dust and swirls away into the air. His stuff is on the ground, but Renee is entirely gone with a, with a scream as he gets sucked through the door. The gem goes out and now it's totally blank. Oh, the gem. Okay, so the gem lit up when he hit it. Killed him. <laughs> turned off. Boris, you were. Now you it's were, you turned off for a second. Yeah. Renee. Yeah, yeah but Renee. Boris comes back from the corner like, like, oh, sorry, I had to go for her. Where's uh, Renee? It's that pile of dust over there, Boris. We're trying to open gone. the doors to the crypt. Uh, uh, Renee, uh, Paul, uh, please uh, pick your backup character and get that sheet ready, if you could, please. Um, uh, I heard Staff of Power earlier, and... Uh... <laughs> there is an Eldritch Staff uh, on the ground in the dust that used to be Renee. Do you take that as a uh, uh, Yeah, he's going to go over there and take, you know, I, I'm sorry, Renee, that's... Um... That, so that's a bad way to go out, but uh, the, everything that happens here on out is in your memory, and he'll kiss the staff and take it. <laughs> you have uh, Renee's staff, and I'll remind you, you know the, uh, the magic uh, that can cause an extra powerful ice storm or fireball or lightning bolt or striking or telekinesis or continual light, and you also know that uh, if, you, if it gets snapped, all the energy is instantly released in a final strike. Mm. Where are your options? Extremely cool. Uh, Boris goes um, over with uh, his potion that he drank earlier, the empty container. He's like, oh, poor Rene, I should at least take some of him for remembering. And yeah, basically he's, he's shoving stuff in there, but he's look, sifting through the rest of the dust to see if there's anything left. Uh, he has, what else? Renee used to have. Um, uh, there's email. Uh, he had a morning star. He had a dagger, and he had a ring on his finger. You grab any of that, um, Morris? Hey, uh, uh, grab the ring. Yes, I'll slip it on. I will remember you, my friend. That's okay. for Danya. Slip the ring on your finger. As you do so, there is a bunch of grinding sounds. That, uh, uh, that you start hearing from either side of you. And as you look around somewhat to your horror, the lids of the sarcophagi on either side are shifting and being pushed aside from within. Oh um, dear, Ooh. right next to one of those. Oh, yes, you oh are. My. Let's roll uh, for initiative. Uh, again, how about you roll a d6 and I'll roll a d6. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, I got a four. Uh, we will re-roll. Okay, so that was a tie. We're, we're going to re-roll. I've rolled a five this time. I hope I rolled a five. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh redo this. I rolled another I five. five. I'm pretty sure I... What was that? I Are you kidding me? No. This is Wait, the fourth. Okay, I rolled a one. I can't win. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm, I got a four. I got a four. So actually, I did actually win. Um, so all the lids come off. And uh, uh, creatures come out of them, and they are animated mummies, and they have weapons. They have axes, and they have maces. And one of them is close enough that they can actually strike you, Luckian. And mm -hmm. so uh, you get tagged here. Luckian. Three. 
So, uh, so uh, you are you duck behind the statue, and actually, an, an ancient axe chops into the statue and uh, cuts off a piece of the stone there. But you manage to dodge it. So, um, so they're all out at this point, and you can see that there are five mummies to either side of you in your combined light, and they are coming towards you uh, with their weapons pretty ferociously. It is your turn. Luckin, tell me what to do. What um, do do? I am looking up how lightning bolt works. <laughs> um, Please have your action ready. I'm going to give you yeah. a five right. count. Do you use your lightning bolt? Yeah, yeah. Five. I would like to use lightning bolt. I'm just not sure what to roll. Um, okay. It's, uh, so you cast it's your lightning bolt, and mm-hmm. I'm going to say you can turn the corner and catch two of the mummies. You can catch two of the mummies in the lightning bolt. Um, this is actually the spell you're casting, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, bucking. Okay, uh, you're an eighth level wizard. You can roll eight dice. Roll eight d six and tell me what you get. All right, um, I can roll three at a time because that's how many I have. So that's a three, six, five, six, one, one, four, two, four. So that is twelve. Twenty-five. Twenty-five, really. Uh, 29. Okay. 29. Interesting. Okay. So uh, I have rolled two saving throws here, and I failed both of them, unfortunately. Oh, geez. That's not good. So, yeah. Uh, you blast two of them around the corner of the lightning bolt, and it plays right through their bodies, and they just they get uh, disintegrated to dust. They just blow them up, and dust from inside flies all around the air. Uh, there are eight left at this point. Boris, what do you do? Uh, B- Boris, I was I was closer to the sarcophagus, or the yeah. the obsidian one in the middle, um, and it, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Lycan was on the left side, like the west end of the side of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, Boris, seeing Lycan dispatch. Okay, yeah, seeing seeing that uh, happen, he's gonna go there because that means that's less on this side. If we can maybe take out okay. these. And we have the distance between the others. It's uh, he likes it, so he's gonna run over. Natasha slash here. Uh, I rolled two fifteens, so that's thirty and thirty to hit. Those are both hit. Uh, roll your damage. So you cleave, you uh, you carve into the first one. Carve into the first one. Uh, for six plus seven is thirteen damage. Ooh, max damage on that one, so that's going to be uh, 15 damage. So 28 total. With Natasha. Okay, so you plunge your sword right into the thing's chest, and uh, normally that would kill any normal man. Uh, you're surprised that it still kind of reaches out at you. Uh, you take it you take it and cut its head off, and it uh, the head uh, pops off, dust and sand spill out. And uh, to your horror, it's still coming at you, actually. So you've chopped it up ah. a fair amount. You've taken it off the head, and it's still coming at you, Boris. Esniak, what do you do? All right, so they're all in the uh, west alcove here, correct? Um, yeah. And there were, you said eight left, so is that like what? Five in the... There's three, there's three to the west, and there's five coming from the east. Not super so fast. So for the east... 
Sure. From the east, uh, uh, closing off that alcove completely, if he can, he's going to lay down a wall of fire. Wall of fire. Interesting. He's got a six, six, it's six inch in the, the uh, spells right. here. So you're standing kind of close to the middle. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, that's actually, yeah. Uh, that's actually about how far away you are. Um, and it's a six inch long plane. One, two, three, four, five, six. Holy crap. That totally happens. All right. Yeah. Esnia, so you so up a... I just was, I'm curious because it says, the spell says it does double damage versus undead. Um, and I'm metagaming, is, of course, because uh, they're mummies. I want to know if it's going to do more damage because they're mummies. <laughs> but I can wait. I don't need to know now. I can wait. <laughs> uh, but he's going to do that and just tell him that, you know, we've got our backs covered. And then he'll turn to uh, take his next action next turn. Yeah. Okay. That's it. So, yeah, Esniak uh, totally um, uh, brings up a wall of fire, and that actually is the perfect. Uh, trying to get this here. Never actually gotten to do that. That's the optimal that solution. Right. And spot as a matter. If he needs to, he can stand in the flames and fight because he's got that ring. Yeah. Wow. All right, so it is uh, my turn, and um, uh, Paul, uh, I think you've gotten my message, and you have the uh, the backup character. Is that right? Yep, I am ready. Great. Um, please take your turn. Excellent. I push open the door. The iron door creaks open. I, I step slowly out, and I say, "You fools!" You thought you come to steal my treasures? It was I that summoned you here to free me from this infernal prison. And now your usefulness is done and you shall perish. And I send the black orb out of the crypt and I push it in the direction of Boris. Okay. Mm. Uh, uh, so Boris is closer. But you push it in the direction of Boris. Yes. Um, so the uh, so uh, Rahotep appears um, somewhat surprisingly looks facially uh, a bit like Renee. Has a black uh, an ancient black cloak on. Has a has a uh, shrunken. Uh, flesh shrunk into his skull, and he opens up his hand and he releases a black orb out of his hand. And as you all look at it, you get a nauseous uh, pit in the uh, pit of your stomach because it feels like space and time is being warped around this black orb as it flies through the air in the direction of Boris. And it gets about halfway to Boris. Mm. Now, I believe I can control the orb and do one other action, correct? That is correct. Excellent. That is correct. I cast Dispel Magic on the Wall of Fire. Oh. So, you need to make a uh, character level check, Rahotep. So please roll a... Um, uh, yeah, each of you make it. Each make a check. So, Rahotep and Esniak, please roll a d20. Add your caster level and your intelligence and tell us okay. who's higher. Wait, sorry, caster level and and intelligence? Correct. Yes, please. Like the raw intelligence score or the bonus? No, no, no the bonus, sorry. So for you, it'll be plus two. 
gotten. Alright, ooh, that's not good. 26. Uh, yeah, that's undoubtedly gonna blow mine out of the water. I don't. I bet I didn't even get 20. Um, let's see, where's my own? So he's a ninth level, let's move Yeah, he got uh, 13. Okay, so unfortunately the uh, wall of fire disappears by the power of the the uh, the, the monsters uh, dispel magic, and that is gone. Oh, no, that was that was going <laughs> to be my really he'll pay for destroying <laughs> Renee's life and taking his face. The mummies come, the mummies come shuffling forth. So let's see. So um, lucky, and you are attacked by one. And you are hit. Luckian, you take seven points of damage, Luckian. Okay. You're carved into with a rusty axe. And in addition, uh, the wound feels uh, really ugly to you. Uh, Boris, you're being attacked by two of these guys. Now, Boris, the uh, the plate mail actually is even more powerful magic than the original ones. You're, you have plus two plate mail and your armor class is now one point better, or negative one, actually. So I have to subtract one on all my rolls here. Yeah. He's also wearing uh, the ring. Right. Oh my god. And that increases your armor by three points. Um, do, you have a, do you have a shield, Boris? Yeah. Shield plus one. I don't allow both, actually. So, um, okay, so your oh. overall AC is going to be negative three right now. Your overall AC is going to be negative three, so you have to subtract three. You are a hard man to hit. Uh, so uh, two of the mummies come forward with axes and uh, chop at you, but the axes are deflected like about two inches away from your body, and they don't do anything. The ones I on am the other side... Sorry. <laughs> okay, so the other ones on the other side cover about half the distance. So... They are about level with the crypt. Probably take another round or two to get all the way across the other side. Um, yes. That's what happens on the bad guy's turn. Mm, 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 mm. The good guy's turn. I'm going to go Luckian, Boris, Esniak. I think we've lost Bellinus for the moment. Um, yeah. If you want yeah, to go is... Luckian, what do you do? Um, all right. Luckian's going to back off um, into the shadows. Um, near where the chariot is, and cast invisibility on themselves. Okay. I don't allow you to move and cast at the same time, so you can cast invisibility, but you got to stand where you are. Okay. We'll do that. Uh, I'm gonna watching disappears. And you are invisible. Sorry. Lovely. Uh, Boris, what do you do? Okay, so Boris is going to... Uh, do I notice this orb? I mean, he did yell at me. So do I notice this orb making its way across the room uh, while Very the much sail? So. It feels like your vision is swimming at this point as it comes towards you, and it feels like the so, floor underneath it is being warped as it flies above it. Yeah, I don't like that. Uh, so Boris is going to try to basically, while he's fighting these guys move and work his way so he moves his opponents in between him and this thing. Okay. So you're you're fighting this one mummy and you get to the you just you get to the other side of it to flank it as the as the ball comes towards you. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep it in between, but I'm going to uh, you know uh did it all time spark. It was great. 
so first is uh, 28 to hit on this guy who's still clinging to unlife. Yes. Uh, and that's going to be 9... Uh, no, wait. I'm sorry. I need to do correct damage. That's a plus, because I get a plus 2. So that's 7 plus 5 is uh, 12. Uh, that was two hit, or was that damage, Boris? 12 damage on the first hit. Okay. Okay, that actually puts him down. He had very little. He had very little left. So you slice him down the, the front, and he falls in two parts, and dust and sand pours out. But there's one right behind you, um, trying to grab you from behind. Did you get there? You see that? You see that? No. Please roll your all your damage twice. There you go. That's it. So it's going to be two d eight. Double modifier also, or just the day? Yes. Yep. Everything, please. Sweet. Oh, oh. So five and three, so that's eight. But dub double is fourteen, so that's going to be twenty-two damage on this slash against this mummy. Okay. Um, you put plunge your sword directly through its chest, and you hear like ancient bones snap inwards, and the whole inside of the chest just collapses, and dust pours out. And he's still coming after you. There's a hole directly through his chest that you can look through, and he's still coming after you. Um, you told me you broke his heart like you broke mine. Esniac. <laughs> uh, all right. Wolfire's Wolf gone. There's still the ones coming through. Row tips in front. Uh, how many are fighting near Boris? Like, how many could he potentially oh, have on him? On only, Only one. one at this okay. Point. Yep. So Boris one, is probably got uh, that. Down here, lucky disappeared here, okay. and there's one waiting for us about here. Okay. Uh, how many uh, of the mummies in the east do I think I could get in a fireball? I'll get as many of them as I can. Since they're lined up, maybe three or four. We'll roll. It's going to be three or four. We'll make we'll make a die roll for that. Okay. All right. That's what I'm doing. Uh, you cast the fireball spell, which is very long range. It streaks across the room in a red glare, blows up, and they are lined up kind of compactly trying to get through the, the wall of fire for a second ago. Roll a d6, uh, Esniak, and if it's uh, one, two, three, you get uh, four of them. That's five. Okay, so you only get three of them. Uh, roll your damage. I'm going to roll saving throws here. You're certainly not classic D in fashion have not pulled out all my D6s yet. Well, just <laughs> Um So that's from the Staff of Power, which... Uh, how many D6 oh, really? does that? It does eight. Yeah, yeah. Eight or ten or eight. No, it's okay. I probably shouldn't hear you. Nice. Twelve, seventeen, twenty. My game was off. Sorry, guys. You can hear me okay? Uh, you're a little quiet. Yeah, I'm a little quiet. Uh, That's interesting. What's going on here? That's gonna be thirty-two damage from the fireball. Yeah. Wow. What's going on? Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first one's really good. They are atomized. So those those three mummies just get burned right down to their feet 
uh, in a single instant, and they're all gone. So I have two left over there. Two left so because over that was a staff uh, fireball, can I still move? Yes, you can, as a matter of fact. Good question, yeah. I'm this putting that cherry yeah. between me and Rahotep. <laughs> uh, uh, if I can move there, I will. Absolutely. Yep, one, two, three, four. Yep, you totally have that movement. Great. Uh, that's the end of your turn. Uh, it's our turn. Rahotep, what do you do? Um, okay, can, can, is my volume all right? Can you guys hear me better? Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. good, good. Good, good. Um, okay, so... Um, can I see Esniak, or is he completely hidden behind the, the... You see where he went. I mean, he's, he clearly went, he got, he clearly ducked behind I had the not, chariot. I had not <laughs> unveiled myself since the last time I veiled myself with my cloak as well. I don't know if that factors into it at all. I feel like you hadn't veiled yourself since the last time you unveiled, because you, um, you revealed yourself. I revealed myself in the oh, room, oh, and then okay. as I, when I got down to the shaft, I was like, cloak back on. But I don't. You, you, I mean, I don't know how it works in combat. Um, uh, so you cast a spell that makes you appear. Mm -hmm. So um, you are uh, you're certainly visible until you can take another round to put the cloak back over uh, back okay. over your head. Okay. Awesome. So, Rohit, have you um, saw him turn visible, having cast two spells there, um, mm -hmm. and run behind the chariot? Excellent. Um, I continue to push the black orb towards Boris. Great. There is uh, one uh, mummy there uh, that Boris has managed to uh, get between the uh, orb and, uh, and himself. Uh, that kind of doesn't really matter because the orb just goes right through everybody. Yep. Um, and so, Boris, as this thing approaches you, again, you feel sick and you feel like your body being stretched the, the, the stone floor underneath it ripples. The, sarco the stone sarcophagus right beside you has cracks uh, showing in it. And let me see. I need to make a saving throw for the mummy. Um, that's how I do this. Uh, ah. Here it is. Uh, Rahotep, you need, to, you need to use mental control each round to succeed at this. So you concentrate for a bit. Please roll a d20. I'm looking at the math here. Yep. Do not roll a 1. Yep, yep. I got an 18. 18 on the die. Okay, great. That's certainly enormous success. Um, great. So I'm rolling a saving throw for the mummy, and I have failed it. So the black orb hits the mummy, and the thing just gets sucked into it. So it gets spaghettified. Uh, the dust gets uh, sucked into the black orb, it keeps coming at Boris. Uh, Boris, you feel your body being stretched apart and sucked into the black orb. Please make a saving throw or be sucked into this thing. So, Death by Black Hole. Uh, Death by Black Hole yeah. is one of my favorite books by Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> I'm glad we could serve. I'm glad we could serve you tonight. So you're gonna roll. I'm just doing all the math here. You have a you have a ring of protection that you just picked up that is gonna help you. So your level is so, nine plus eleven. So you're adding fourteen. You're adding fourteen to the die. Okay, I rolled a fourteen, so that's a twenty-eight. Okay, you manage to dodge to the side, and the ring of protection helps. So the orb goes flying by you about ten feet. And Boris manages to dodge to the side as the mummy gets spaghettified and sucked up into it. You are still alive, Boris. 
What so else I just do you do? Correct. That is exactly what just happened. Force the bullet dodger. Nice. Uh, I, uh, I then cast Invisible Stalker. I summon an Invisible Stalker, and I look at it and I say, Find and kill the elf. Great. Great, great. That's um, uh, one of the, uh, the top level spell. Um, Gonna say this is a normal. This is gonna say this is a normal stalker since you're doing this mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. at the last minute here. Mm -hmm. um, two, three, four, five, three. So it appears um, uh, to your sight, Rahotep, immediately on the other side of the um, of the chariot. Okay, I, and the say, elf. I said the elf, not Esnia. Oh, oh elf. the elf. Right, right, the right. elf. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Who's also invisible? I'm hoping maybe the invisible stalker can. Detect that. Can see that is, in fact, the ruling, yes. So, uh, to your horror luck in, uh, one of the. Uh, uh, um, uh, you can't see invisible, so I'm. <laughs> no? All right. Uh, okay, so you're invisible. You feel, you feel momentarily uh, secure with the, the mummies are fighting other people, but then you are attacked by an unknown assailant out of the air. And I'm going to be rolling for this over here. Yep. It's been nice knowing you guys. <laughs> yes. I have rolled a total of 25. That's definitely a hit. Um, so Lucky and you take seven points of damage. Oh, wow. All right. I'm still up. Great. Um, uh, the mummies are, are still coming. So there's this one. Just got spaghettified. Uh, the, uh, there's another one that looms up over you, Boris. Uh, but you're oh, that actually is a hit. So even with all your protections and all your extra magical armor, the one actually does manage to carve into you. You take three points of damage. That wasn't a great roll. The other two, get it together, mummies. Five, six. Um, there are two mummies that are pursuing you, Esniak. And one of them is going the long way around the chariot, but the other one goes the short way and actually attacks you with a bronze sword. Let's see here. I rolled a natural three. That's no good. So it chops into the wood of the chariot, and a chunk of wood flies off, but it misses you, Esniak. I'm going to say it's your turn, Esniak. What do you want to do? Hmm. You can't silence. silence again. <laughs> <laughs> the damn witch. The witch got me again. Um, yeah, I want to do too many things. Um, right now, though, I don't want to keep getting hit by a mummy. And um, I also don't want to blow myself up with a fireball. So I am going to cast uh, Mirror Image. Nice. Great. Uh, cast mirror image. How many images appear? A blessed six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So he he does that because I I would I'd like to ignore these mummies for a little bit longer. See how long we can live. All right. There are now seven Esniaks on the on the board. Um, so Esniaks, almost without number, appear on the other side of the chariot, and the mummies start lashing out at them. Um, uh, Boris, it's your turn. 
Um, so Boris does have a mummy on him, but uh, these are just the pawns. He's going for the king. So as he's moving forward with his shield hand, he tosses. Uh, you see this flicker of of burnished copper as he tosses this copper at him and says, "Penny for your thoughts, bastard!" <laughs> and he comes forward to chop at his head. Uh, and yeah, he's he's coming at him. All right. Uh, you are engaging uh, Rahotep the Lich. Um, roll your two attack rolls. I just want to at least try to hit him once. Hmm? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's not going to hit. Uh, first one, I rolled a two, so that's a 17. Uh, no. Next one is a 17 plus a 15, so that's a 32. Okay, uh, doing some math here. Yeah, that is, that would be a hit. So uh, you you carve through the the robe. Your sword goes right through the robe, uh, cuts into some kind of black fleshy substance underneath it. Mm-hmm. How much damage? So that's go- that that's going to be twelve damage. Uh, Rohotep, please note twelve damage. You have, Got you it. have that recorded. Got it. Great. Yep. Does it waver um, his concentration on anything? No, that tends not to be a thing here in original D&D. A spell's either up or it's not, so uh, probably probably not. Um, but good, uh, good thing to ask. Good thing to ask. We do appreciate that. Uh, I'll just, I'll just mention that the duration of the Invisible Stalker spell is permanent. Lovely. Um, when <laughs> I was more thinking the black me. hole that you were controlling. Oh, black hole. <laughs> I'm going to go off the assumption that when it hit me, I recognized it from the last time I got hit by one of these, and I'm going to cast Charm Monster. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. Oh, please. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I need... There you go. A very powerful spell. Uh, look at That's... here. Last one year on these rules. Makes one living creature. Make okay, all your great. prayers okay. to RN Jesus. So I'm going to make a saving throw versus spells here. I'm going to roll this d20. I'm going to add an 8. So if the die comes up, if this die comes up 12 or more, I, I the invisible stalker, um, uh, avoid the avoid your avoid your charm monster spell. I've rolled a 7. Um, so from, from mid-air, you hear, you hear, oh, yes, elf is friend. What should I do, elf friend? Yes! Kill the lich! What? I will! Um, and it, it, the, the voice goes off, goes off into space. One, two, three. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. And it can make it! Great! Okay, so Rohotep, you're being attacked by your own invisible what? stalker. Um, yes. And I rolled a natural one! Okay, no, well, I rolled oh. a natural one! So, um, the, 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 enormous, uh, the enormous fish creature slips as uh, he tries to attack you, and he goes sliding into the crypt by accident. Mm. <laughs> what? Get it together, oh, Invisible yeah, Stalker. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do that? Well, actually, none of us know, because none of us can no. see no. you. <laughs> well, I saw it. It was funny. It was <laughs> funny. Some sort of like, sound, and then a big thud. I think there was a banana Ooh, on the ground. Hold it, it's your turn. Oh, crap. <gasps> Uh, um, okay. Okay, so, uh, Lukian has cast a spell and is now visible. Yeah. 
Correct. Yes, Lucian appears. Lucian appears on the board. I push the orb towards Lucian. Please roll a d20 and tell me if you roll a 1, because then it would fail. And a 15. All right. Uh, as as uh, Rahotep concentrates on this, he has, he has a talisman around his neck. Uh, he is carrying a, a staff with a jackal head on it. Uh, he's controlling the orb. Uh, he's also casting spells. And the talisman around his neck glows with a black magical energy. And the orb comes sliding towards Luckian, who's only about 20 feet away. And again, all the stonework underneath ripples. The sarcophagus cracks. The statue right next to you shatters and falls into a thousand pieces. And the orb's coming directly at you, Luckian. And you feel your body being pulled and stretched to about double normal size. Please make a saving throw against death. Saving throw against it's death. Uh, do I know what my modifiers for that? I rolled a. You add ten for your level. I add ten for my level, so that's a twenty-five then. Okay, there you go. Uh, so yeah, uh, Lucky and dodges, dodges to the side, uh, and the the black orb goes goes goes. Uh, you, you hit the deck, and the black orb goes over your head by about ten feet, and you avoided death by black hole. The worst kind of death. I I have. I will kill one of you. But it seems <laughs> like perhaps, you. perhaps you it did. will be it's Boris. And I cast no. Disintegrate on Boris. No. Uh, mm. Holy shit. <laughs> right. Boris is right in front of you. Yes, uh, you say the magical words for a Disintegrate spell, and a black beam comes out of your, out of your hand, a lot like the one that hit Renee earlier. Hits uh, Boris, and Boris, you got to make a save versus death. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> so this is pretty good because you have you have your level, you have plus three for a ring of protection, and then another plus I four. Sixteen. Oh. There you go. So that's yeah. a out of forty-two oh total. It's in the thirties. Yeah. And Boris shrugs off the disintegrate spell. Woo! Damn it! <laughs> but I tell you guys, you I am can't no stop him. There's no stopping him. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, okay, so I'm rolling dice for um, uh, mummies, and those would be 17s. Isniac, I have a D7 are... if we need to know which one hits me or my uh, I don't want to hear about D7s. D7s are not allowed at my table. I don't want to hear that, that non-platonic crap. <laughs> don't tell me about no D7s. I also have a D5 and D3. <laughs> You say we can't use Dungeon Crawl, crawl Classic in a classic Dungeon Crawl? <laughs> no, you can't. No. no, it's too new school. One, I hit you. No, okay, two. Okay, so, uh, Esniak, you have two of your mirror images get hit by mummies, and they're gone, so you only have four images okay. left. All right. I think that's what I got. I think that's what I got. It's your turn. Lucky. Um, one of illusion, one... Thing or multiple things? What can I do with the wand of illusion? Whatever. Okay. It's singular. It does say singular. So an object, creature, or force as visualized by the caster. Um, all right. Uh, 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 um, I'm going to... Most of the room is still in shadow, correct? 
Not really. So you have a uh, you have a lantern uh, with Esniac, and you have the uh, glowing coin over by Boris. So between the two of them, you can see it pretty well. Everything is mostly lit. Um, yeah. Okay. Not perfectly lit. The sides are in shadow. The sides are in shadow, but you can make out where the sarcophagi are. Um, Nothing's totally dark. Can I duck dark. into shadow and cast a spell, or no? No. Right. Uh, when you cast a spell, it's your whole round. Uh, you just gotta just stay planted. I'm gonna duck into shadow. Because if something touch breaks on me, I will die. So it's a setup. I'm gonna walk into the shadow as 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 quietly as possible, hoping that everyone did not see where it went. Please roll a hide and shadow check. So roll a d20. Add you know what's listed as your thief skill, and tell me what you get there. Oh, lovely. Um, that is a 16 plus 11, so 27. Uh, Luckian disappears. Uh, you duck behind one of the shattered sarcophagi, and Luckian is is not visible anymore. Um, Boris, mm. you are confronting Rahotep, who just hit you with a disintegrate spell in the last round. Let me give you a taste of your old medicine, my friend. <laughs> uh, first one was a fourteen, so that's a twenty-nine to hit. Uh, second hit. one is. Uh, second one is a 21 to hit. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's oh. a hit. Yep. It is. What is your damage? Damage uh, altogether at 7, 14, 18, uh, 20. 20 points are held up. Do not like uh, this. So you're, you're, you're trying to skewer him. You're trying to skewer him. You're trying to find where his heart is, and you, you stab something in his chest. You stab something in his abdomen, and it feel it doesn't feel like normal flesh. And he's still up, and he's he doesn't seem he doesn't seem pleased to, to my eye. Uh, Natasha seems pretty happy about all this. So, and you're feeling <laughs> Natasha feels really really into the action that's currently happening. Esniak, um, uh, you have two mummies. Yeah, two mummies on him. He, he, I figure he's got another round before he's going to have to bolt. One question. Can I use a magic missile to strike something on a, per, on a person? Like, Ooh. not them themselves, but like, could I use the, a magic missile to hit the amulet? Unfortunately not. No, uh, they are, uh, they are uh, living creatures seeking missiles. So unfortunately okay. not. Okay, that's, okay, that's one. That, that rules out my first thing that I wanted to do. Second, is there anything in the room that Esniac can see that looks like a jar that may or may not have preserved organs in it? Like there's these two urns near the chariot, right? Could be. Yep, could be. I mean, there's a lot, actually a lot of things could possibly do. These two urns. A lot of things that could uh, do. Yep. Uh, there's yeah. several jars on that table over to the west. Um, uh you know, hypothetically, any of the stat any of the hundreds of statuettes along the wall would, are big sure. enough they could hold. Something. Anything could be, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, you could look in the urn. You have you have light. You could look in the urn right now. Nah, no, I'm I'm I was hoping that there'd be something. I have too many choices. It looks like. All right, I'm going to conjure an earth elemental instead. Oh gosh. Uh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's my. That's now. It says I have to concentrate. What are the? What is the? What does that mean in this case? Right. Uh, okay, so the way I run that is um, um, uh, cannot make an attack, cannot cast another spell, uh, can only move at half speed, uh, cannot take any damage. Okay, all right. 
and I cannot move the round I cast it. That so is correct. Let's hope Mirror Image keeps this up, and he's going to cast it and summon an Earth Elemental right next to Rahotep. If it can okay. attack immediately, he will have it attack. Uh, you get you you con so you cast the the very powerful words of the Conjure Elemental spell, and these things uh, con do conjure an extra dimensional creature of the most powerful thing you can think of. Uh, so a sixteen foot tall, uh, huge rock elemental rises up out of the stone at the floor at the feet of Rahotep, looming over Boris and Rahotep and the whole crypt in the middle of it, leans down with a, with a fist the size of a barrel and smash it, tries to smash Rahotep with it. Uh, Esniak, please roll a d20 for that attack and add 16 to it and tell me what you get. You are hoping to get something over 20, probably. Yes. <sighs> That's a 36, because that's a nat 20. <laughs> oh, yeah! Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I have a giant... I, I, my camera's a little too too big to to, uh, to show, but yes. Holy God. <sighs> um, yeah, I don't okay, care what happens that, after this. Yeah, that's a hit. So please... <laughs> Please roll, uh, I'm pretty sure a giant earth elemental that's 3d6 in these rules, so please roll 3d6 and we're going to double that. Alright. Yeah. Looking that up there. Uh, it's going to be 14. Uh, four, 14 after the doubling? No, that, that's the base roll, 14, is what I rolled. Oh, okay. So there'd be double to 28. Uh, so we're hoping you hit 28 points of damage as the giant earth elemental smashes huh. you from above. Are you still many, up? Many of the bones under the robes crack, <laughs> dust explodes. Uh, you, Rohotep, is somewhat shriveled and diminished, but he still pushes. No, I will escape. You won't stop me. I used to think you wow. were a legend. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, it's your turn, Rahotep. Oh. Um. All right. What is... Um, shit. Uh, I push the orb over to Esniak. Can it reach him? Yes, it can. Yeah. Excellent. I'll send the orb uh, over Roll a d20. Esniak. Tell me if you roll a 1 and that fails. I uh, got an 11. Great. Uh, the orb uh, goes uh, towards Esniak. It hits the chariot on the way. The chariot spaghettifies and gets sucked into the black hole. Um, and uh, Esniak, you need to make a saving throw against black hole spaghettification, please. Look that up on the table. Sure. The table. Um, <laughs> does it interact with my images in any way? Do they, do they offer any protection? Mm -hmm. No, because it can go through several of them at once. Unfortunately, so sure. it just I mean, goes like on if it can just go line. through matter, it can go through light. Yeah, like it's literally Correct. nothing. Um, Correct. Okay, so I have no idea what my saves are. Uh, uh, I'm just rolling d twenty plus level. Uh, and another two, so you're rolling d twenty plus eleven. Unless there's some okay. other magic item I'm overlooking that you have to help you. Mm, I don't yeah, know. it's d twenty plus eleven. Yeah, there's nothing I can see. Alright. Here we go. Let's see how we do. Alright, I'm gonna re-roll it because that's all the way across the basement. <laughs> uh, that is a um, a twenty-seven. Okay, twenty-seven. So the, the, the chariot gets evaporated, 
Um, uh, two of your mirror images, I'm going to say, get wiped out, and and you also dodge the the, the black hole that zips over your head. The, the the ground underneath your feet is all is all uh, rubble at this point because it's been torn up as the thing uh, spins over your head. And uh, again, again, you avoid the black hole. Uh, let me see here. I, got, I, I have another, I have another action. Another action. What else do you do? Excellent. That minor mental concentration. Yes. <laughs> so. I, um, I look at Boris, uh, and I, and I say, you will not take me, and I cast Flesh to Stone on him. <laughs> you shall become one of my treasures! Oh! oh. Alright, uh, Saving Birth versus Stone. Now, it's really amazing that you picked up that Ring of Protection, because that's helping you a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, so again, I have nine for my level, uh, plus three for the ring, yes. and is there yep, another yep. bonus? Two for this type of save. Two for this type of save. Yeah. yeah. So that five and nine is fourteen plus eleven is twenty-five. Uh, you you resist the flesh to stone spell, Boris. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you would have been petrified permanently, but out of the game. Um, that was an important role. Uh, I have more mummies. I have three mummies. So two of them are attacking Esniak or his two remaining images. And I have rolled not well enough, actually. Those are terrible rolls. And then I think I have one near Luckian, right? Luckian's being attacked by a mummy. I'm rolling. I, that I, sucks. I'm in the, the shadows, I think. Anyway. Yeah, right? it, good point. No, good point. Um, no, oh, and also you have that monster. Okay, so that's a good point. So uh, that mummy sh had to shuffle over to where Esniak is. So Esniak, you now have three mummies around you, but they're flailing around okay. with their weapons on unsteady ground, and they're tripping a bit, and they don't get close enough to you. Okay. All right. So lucky, and you are in the shadows, and it's your turn. Oh, wait. What about my fish buddy who is attacking Rahotep, the charm monster? Holy moly. Right. How about you roll for that? Roll a... Uh, so Rahotep, you are surrounded by a crazed... 20-year-old <laughs> warrior and an invisible stalker and a giant earth elemental. Yep. You've seen better days. Yes. yes. So lucky and roll for the, for the invisible stalker. <laughs> uh, roll a d20 and add 8 and tell me what you get. I got a 15 plus 8, 23. Uh, roll 2d6 for damage. All right. All right, all right, all right. Uh, that's an 11. Rohotep, you take 11 points of damage as the Invisible Stalker grabs onto your neck and throttles you back and forth. But nobody else can see this, so Rohotep is just thrown around like a rag doll for no reason. Rohotep. Rohotep, in fact, was just completely, I see all my friend. completely ignoring the Invisible Stalker because he can't see it at all. Um, and and had, had just pure hatred uh, eyes locked on Boris as he was attempting to turn him to stone. And as he gets throttled suddenly, surprisingly, by the, by the invisible stalker, Boris just sees this, this look, this momentary peace cross Rahotep's face. And for just a moment, the similarity uh, to his old friend is shocking. And just one final word escapes his lips. And he says, Merd! And he drops it. <laughs> oh, 
well, that was the end of the rope. So uh, I'm going to assume, uh, Esniak, that you send the uh, the Earth Elemental after the uh, the three mummies that are trying to trying to come after yeah. you. And yeah. Um, yeah. your mirror images protect you enough that uh, Boris runs to your side. The, the Earth Elemental stomps one of the mummies, and it blows up in dust. And um, uh, Rahotep is dead, and uh, Luckian jumps out of the shadows and backstabs one of the mummies. Um, and you kill the, the you 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 uh, eliminate the last three mummies, and you have in fact defeated uh, the best that Rahotep had to offer. Um, except that there's a black hole. <laughs> That's still coming after you. Desniak. Not quite as fast, but it starts drifting in your general direction. Boris yeah. uh, runs over that. and grabs the amulet. Grab that amulet, man. You grab the amulet. What do you What do you do with it? Boris puts it on. Uh, oh, Boris. I think I'm probably Boris. better at this than you are. <laughs> yeah, uh, Boris. If you can roll a d20 and add your uh, your Stop, wizard level. Oh my god. Get... I don't have a wizard level. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, oh, Boris. I have a 14 <laughs> intelligence. Oh, Boris, no. I'll let you add one. I'll let you add one to this die roll. I rolled a 15, so it's a 16. That's not bad. That's not 20. I'm sorry, that's not 20. So the black hole starts drifting towards you. <laughs> Ah! And he takes the amulet off and throws it at Isniak. <laughs> um, Isniak, uh, you put on the amulet. Please roll d20 plus your wizard level yeah. plus your intelligence bonus. Uh, yes, intelligence bonus, I think, is 2. Correct. Uh, yeah, You're at d20 plus 11. So plus 11. Uh, that is going to be 18 and 11 plus what? 30, not 29. 29. You take control... Of the black hole, and uh, a little later you explore the crypt, and there is a magical box that can store the black hole, um, and an inscription that says the proper name of this thing is the Sphere of Annihilation, and not just any Sphere of Annihilation, but the first one to ever exist in the world from which all other Spheres of Annihilation are, are merely children and descendants, and uh, you, Esniak, have actually the black uh, taken sons. control of... <laughs> yep, correct, correct. So you have taken control of an actual uh, mini black okay. hole, the first ever Sphere of Annihilation in the game of Dungeons & Dragons. Congratulations. You, that. you deserve that. Sounds like a artifact of chaos <laughs> and disorder. And it's time to go... We get, this, is, this necessitates a quest to destroy. Don't know how we can do it. We're <laughs> stars. <laughs> So you proceed on your way out, having captured, uh, having captured the uh, the granddaddy of all spheres of annihilation. And uh, yep. when we play again next time, we will be on the quest to find some way to destroy it. Well done. <laughs> I, I was worried about that at the end. Well, I think we're yeah. going to close oh on that. God. Yeah. yeah, same. <laughs> I honestly I can't believe Boris lived. Points. I can't. I can't believe Boris lived. You got this. I'm so not even down to half. I've got 36 really? of 64. That was like three, three saver die spells, though. At least three. <laughs> I, I, I just get very lucky with my hands. 
22 hit points to start with, so I was Oh, yeah, I didn't get hit done. at all. That was good. That's, that was you very good. I'm glad so you got Good job, Ian. That was cool. I, I love that the charm monster cool. on the invisible. I actually that really like the, uh, the, the that turn the invisible stalker. Yeah. That, that was, was nice. very yeah, that funny. That was clutch. That was clutch. Uh, I'm very proud of this. going to have you come and run in a protective sphere. Like, don't leave. <laughs> I think the, the only re truly good moment I had as Rahotep was taking down that freaking wall of fire. <laughs> After that, things went downhill. <laughs> But it's like rocket tag, right? Like any one of the things that you would have done could have tipped the tide and Absolutely. against us. So yeah, yeah. yeah. everything mm -hmm. that's yeah. fun. Destroyed. That's really cool. Oh, that was very fun. Well done. Awesome. <laughs> if anybody, if All anybody's right. watching this and you look at the original adventure, I snipped out maybe one or two things for time purposes here tonight. Um, but uh, but uh, I, I personally wanted to see a sphere of annihilation in action. So uh, yeah. uh, so for time purposes, uh, I, there was a couple of things there that I did to, um, uh, to to make sure that we didn't miss this particular scene. So um, uh, so there's that. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Is that, was that okay tonight? Very good. Yeah, we loot the shit out of this place. Oh yeah, loot the shit and then we'll make our own stairway oh, wow. out of that sphere. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It helps to know some about D and D about like what, what traps or tricks might be like ahead of oh, you sure. in a place like this. So you guys, you guys played really well, and I, I had a, I had a blast, uh, and I'm, I'm so glad we could, we could get a, a joint wandering DMs web DM event once. So Absolutely. thank you for this on, on Halloween. Absolutely. Yeah, Very much. Yeah, thank you guys for running. Awesome. Super. I love yeah, doing this. So thank you. Of, thank you very much. A lot of fun. Glad, glad to finally get to play the heel a bit. Dan doesn't always get <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and anybody, that, any viewers that have uh, watched this uh, tonight live or recording or podcast, thank you uh, so much for tuning in. So hopefully we can do we can do more of this kind of stuff uh, uh, in the, in the, uh, iterate on this kind of stuff in the future too. Excellent, excellent. Thanks everyone awesome. for joining us, uh, uh, fellow players. If you want to. Hold till the end of the credits. We'll be back uh, in just to say so long in a moment. But uh, otherwise, good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>